Welcome to the Jeff Gross Podcast. This episode is brought to you in partnership with Party Poker. Go to PartyPoker.com to play tournaments, cash games, and improve your poker game. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes. All right, welcome everyone. We have another special podcast today. It is Jamie Kerstetter who joins us from Vegas. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing as well as I can. <laughs> how are you? Yeah, same, same, uh, same, same thing. It's just one of those things, one of those times of uncertainty. But in Vegas, in particular, I guess uh, things are really shut down. Uh, give me before we dive into uh, the podcast. Tell me a little bit about what's happening in Vegas present moment with with casinos, with day to day. Give me a little look and what's happening. Yeah, every, everything's closed, um, which doesn't really matter to me because we just don't even leave the house. Like Chris Crouton and I just hang out at home. We go for walks in the neighborhood and just order in food, order in Amazon fresh deliveries and stuff. Just try to just stay out of all this because it seems like we don't really know what's going on with like not being able to get tested. Um, right. I have no idea if Vegas is like a hot zone right now or not. So, yeah, everything's closed. Um, restaurants uh, will do delivery and then like food stores also um oh obviously cannabis dispensaries they're they're fine <laughs> yeah they're working <laughs> pretty much everything else is shut down okay and you are i guess active or, or kind of in the there's some some interesting stuff happening with the political scene there i guess is it the mayor or someone is out speaking on saying maybe we should just be the test or open up everything yeah. that happens uh, and you're doing some i guess writing or uh, involved with some of that what, what's 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 the situation with that yeah, um, the mayor of Vegas, so like not even the Strip, it's mostly like Fremont Street area, um, Carolyn Goodman, went on a bunch of different uh, like mainstream news channels and just gave the most batshit crazy interviews. Um, like she's, she had said on Anderson Cooper that she wanted Vegas to be used as a control group to just open everything up and just see what happens. So even like the non-essential stuff, she just wants to send people back to go play blackjack and stuff and and basically just see like, oh, okay, we'll see if a lot of people die. And then you guys will know in the rest of the country. And I'm like, dude, uh, I don't want that. I like, I have a lot of friends who will be forced back to work. Um, Cause if their jobs are open and they don't go to work, then they quit their job officially and they probably can't get unemployment anymore. So she's, she's willing to just risk other people's lives. Um, and then when Anderson Cooper asked her, Oh, are you going to be in the casinos at night? Are you going to be gambling? And she goes, oh, I have a family and I don't gamble. Wow. I was just completely appalled by this because I just think it's insane that someone who got voted in by all these people is willing to like risk their lives um, just to see, just to see if we can like get gambling back and make the casino owners happy. She, she mentioned that a bunch of times. Oh, the casino owners are being so hurt by this. And we're like, oh, these poor billionaires. Right. Um, yeah. It's, so I'm it's working crazy with a group. It's crazy. I'm, I'm working with a group on this uh, grassroots effort to um, at least recall her. It's an uphill battle, though, because we have to get uh, 6,000 signatures. Um, you have to get a certain percentage of the people who voted in the first mayoral election. We have to get 6,000 signatures. And right now, like the people who feel like I do, where I'm like, oh, it's kind of dangerous to be out. They don't want to go meet someone and sign a paper. So um, we're doing our best. And uh, I'm working with Doug Polk. Um, was seriously serious, Thomas Keeling. We're we're just doing our best to like put it out there. They're geniuses at YouTube and making videos and and like creating content. So I think they're doing a really good job of at least blasting the message out and and trying to do something. Yeah, talk a little about that. So you you've been writing or doing some things with Doug Polk and his channels. I guess it's been poker, crypto, and now 
a little more shift in the, po- the political uh, spectrum. So tell me a little bit about what that, how that came up and, and what exactly you do there. Sure. Um, it was one time when an internet troll just like did something good by accident. They, they uh, messaged Doug on Twitter and, and like me and Doug weren't even friends. We followed each other, um, but that was about it. And this guy, just random guy goes, Doug, you're not funny anymore. You should get Jamie Curse at a right for you or you're just like going to go down the tube, something like that. And I see it and I'm thinking, oh, that was kind of like a dick thing for this guy to say. And then Doug just messages me. He's like, oh, do you want to write? You have time? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, sure. So um, for the last, it's been about a, a little over two years, um, maybe about three years by now. Wow. Um, that I've just been writing jokes, like contributing to his uh, YouTube channel and uh, doing some content creation. And it's fun. I mean, poker, you know, is like a grind and we're not very creative. You don't have like a creative outlet. Um, so this is like one way to actually just, I don't know, like do the left brain stuff for a little while. Yeah, it's that's no, it's, it's, there's more room to be creative. There's more opportunity for sure. What is uh, what? Tell us a little bit about if some of the people wouldn't know necessarily because this is not just for poker. So there's people here watching me, you know, maybe you haven't heard of you if they have not. Tell us a little bit of background on yourself, where, you know, you grew up, brothers, sisters, all this, uh, all that jazz and, and how you got into poker. Kind of give us the, the timeline, what, where it all, how it went down. Sure. Um, I grew up in Monroe, New Jersey, really small town in Jersey. Um, I have two older siblings of an older sister, older brother and a younger brother. Um, and I played every sport growing up, um, and was like super heavy into soccer and played division one at Rutgers and like ran track at Rutgers. And I was like super, super competitive. So then as I was getting older, yeah, <laughs> that was a great day. Champion. Champion right there. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, that was great. Everybody tell me a little bit about your soccer. So go, yeah. uh, you played in college at Rutgers. Yeah. Um, that was kind of, that was like an awesome thing in my life because I had a scholarship to Wagner um, to play soccer. And I decided that I just would rather take a chance and like take the lottery ticket and try to be a walk on at Rutgers because Rutgers is just so good. I grew up go- going to all the games um, and just having like the, the girls sign my program and whatever else. Like I really just like always loved Rutgers soccer. Um, so I turned down a, a scholarship, um, for a D one school to instead try out. And I got one of the five spots out of 30 girls who tried out. Um, and it was like the best day of my life, like finding that out. Um, and unfortunately I, I was never a star on that team. I was kind of like, I'd get 15 minutes a game. Like, um, I was more relief for like some of these girls that like a, a few of them ended up on the national team. My friend, Carly Lloyd, I played with her. She ended up being like a star on the Olympic team and everything. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was, that was a, a huge thing in my life. Like when I graduated from Rutgers, I felt like I like lost my identity. Um, I went to law school and I'm like, okay, I'm not an athlete anymore. Um, and I'm at university of Michigan law yeah, school. Michigan, and, right? That's uh, in Ann Arbor. Shout out to yeah. That's uh, uh, how, yeah. what year were you there? Uh, 2004 to 2007. Oh, wow. That was, uh, so you're okay. So you're actually, I think, uh, let's see. Oh, no, 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 no. I grad. Yeah. I graduated in Oh four. So, but I'm, were you there in, so when it starts September, basically, yeah. after, so you were probably right. Right. When I left for technology, yeah. I was like, this town's not big enough for the both of us. I had to wait. Yeah, that was one or other. <laughs> we weren't going to meet till later. So that was, yeah. Interesting. Ann Arbor. What did you think of that? What was it like in Michigan? Um, I, I thought Ann Arbor was a really nice town. Like I liked the whole layout of everything. I also liked how like 
football is everything because I went to Rutgers like Rutgers we sucked the whole time yeah. I was there so like they would actually give us a free meal just to go to the game at Rutgers, oh. at Rutgers. Um, and then when I went to Michigan it was like man it, the social atmosphere surrounding a football game was like incredible you'd have nerds our school is the nerdiest law school um, people studied all the time you couldn't get people to like go out for a drink most of the time um, and then it would be Saturday and these same like nerds including myself who were studying like 30 hours a week would be drunk at 7 a.m. tailgating the game. Like I didn't realize it was, I knew, I mean, obviously I knew it was popular and and good. I didn't mm -hmm. realize it was that serious of a, just a, just a shift. It was just the day to let loose, huh? Every, it was the only time people would like let loose. So everyone just, it was like a free pass. It's like, you know, you know, most of the people aren't studying. No one's going to get ahead of you on football day. Everybody's out having fun that day. That's, that's cool. So you, so you had a good time there though. You were there for how many years then? Um, Three years. I, I liked it. I, I think uh, I'm a warm weather person, so I don't know what I was thinking. It was just a really good law school, and like I got really accepted to it, and I was like, I'm going. Yeah. Um, and I never had even been to Michigan in my life, so that was like a crazy thing to do. Um, but yeah, the weather really got to me. I feel like I had that like seasonal depression thing happening. Um, but I thought like the spring, the spring and fall there were like it was the most amazing weather, and it was just like such a fun town. I don't know. I, yeah, I had a good experience there. Yeah. It sounds like eight, you basically described 18 years of my life. It was, uh, it was cold <laughs> in the winter time. It was tough. It was very, yeah. very um, so, okay. So you're there and, and then what happened after what, what, how do you go from law school to, to poker star grinder, you know, been in poker for many years now, how did you make that transition? I played a lot in law school, actually. I played a little bit because I was my family. My dad's side of the family is from uh, Atlantic City area. So I would play a little bit before I ended up going to law school. Um, and I would make like a little bit of money, but I didn't really know. Like I even had, I had like favorite hands I'm like, oh, eight, nine suits. I'll never fold this preflop. I was so fishy, but so was everyone. So you could just like make a little money. Um, in law school, though, I. Were you playing online then or were you playing with. No, them? no. Like when I was in New Jersey, not at all. Okay. Um and then when I went to law school, um, I, I literally felt like I had an identity crisis. Sports were over. I couldn't be like, oh, I'm an athlete, and that makes me special. Uh, I didn't feel smart anymore because every person I interacted with was smart. It was like a top 10 law school. So I wasn't like special in that way. And I'm like, damn, I really felt like crappy where I was just like, man, I don't feel like I like excel at anything. Then we started this poker game. It was about 20 of us and we would just play once a week and I would crush these people and they're really smart people, but I had had a little bit of experience. And at that point, that's all you need. Um, and also to care enough to be like, after you're done with a hand, Oh, did I screw that hand up or not? And like to think right. about it and maybe write down some hand histories. I was doing that. And the other people in the game were just like competitive dudes, but like they weren't, trying as hard to win at that so it made me feel like i was special at something again where i would just win at this game every week and you and you were the only female playing or one yeah so always i would try i'd invite girls and just i don't know like they weren't into it i really don't know why either because it's like i didn't play a ton of cards growing up um but i guess the sports thing just made me feel like i'm like i'm gonna learn this and i'm gonna beat these guys like I guess it's that. I don't know. I feel like women in sports would probably be more inclined to play poker, but I really didn't know any women in sports um, at law school. It, do, it does surprise me still. In a, and I don't like to go, you know, it's, I have had women guests on. Actually, you have a podcast, I believe, in Marley. Are you guys? Yeah. Doing, yeah. So, you know, there's there are some women in poker and you could name a list of some great players um, that have played or still are playing. But it is obviously very skewed. What do you what is your thought on that? Like, do you, do you think it's possible that there could be a movement or something where there could be a, a influx in this? Or at this point, does it just seem like it's it's a norm? Because I wonder what the overall 
percentages, but it's, I mean, it's low. I mean, it's, it's very, it's really very low. low. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I like, I think it's just one of those things that there are so many factors like for women um, over the age of 40, especially, I think they get looked down on if you have like a family um, and things to worry about like that. And like, I've heard guys say to older women, Oh, you're spending your husband's money or like, shouldn't like women get asked if who's watching the kid, if you're playing poker and I'm like, guys right. don't get asked who's watching the kid when they're playing poker. I think there are like societal pressures that would make, um, women in certain areas, like homemakers, especially, or something like that, um, feel like they're doing the wrong thing with their life. Um, I think there might be some innate differences where we're not um, not as risk inclined, I guess. I'm not sure about that, though. I, I think there's just a lot of things. And I think sometimes the poker world can be a little bit hostile towards um, new women in the game, either objectifying them or the opposite. We're just like, with older women, I feel like they get all the crappy parts of it where they might get called names or asked, you know, if they're spending their husband's money, blah, 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 without any of the good stuff where it's like, oh, you're cute. Here's a sponsorship or like whatever else attention, like they get only negative attention. So um, I don't know. I think it's too tough. Like you, you could probably make a list of 20 reasons why and we won't ever know exactly what the, the real reason is. But do you, do you think that there's a a chance? Do you see any? If let's just say the poker open back in the U.S. completely, um, do you feel that there would be maybe a spike in in women by any chance, or, or does that just like something you don't think they'll never change? I I think so. I think online poker helped women a lot. For, personally, it helped me a lot. I played a ton online um, after playing in that home game in uh, in Michigan. I just started playing on party poker and I like I was getting lots of reps in. And then by the time I got to a casino, I felt like I earned my spot there. Right. I wasn't easy to be bullied because I'm like, I probably saw thousands more hands than this guy who's saying mean things to me, whatever. I like, I don't feel like I get treated poorly anymore, but when I first started, I, I think I was an easy target. I was like very nervous and, and it helped me to have like online poker in my back pocket where I was like, no, I'm, I'm making the right play. Like I've done this a lot. Right. I think that helps women a lot. And also um, just look at Daniel Anderson's story. She was able to grind like high limit zoom on full tilt while having a, a toddler because she could do it. She's like, Oh, toddler's down for a two hour nap. I'm about to go grind this session. You can't go to the casino in two hours and, and put in a session and come home to your kids. So right. I think online poker would help women get back into the game. Yeah. Makes, makes a lot of sense. And And then when you, so after you were, you were done. You, how did you then transition to becoming more like full-time player? Or when did you decide that was like what you were going to do instead of going to be a lawyer? Well, I did. I actually was a lawyer for a year and a half um, at this big firm and I didn't like, I didn't like it, but I didn't hate it enough to quit. Um, so every day I just went and I was like, okay, like I like the people a lot. And uh, I was extremely bored with the work I was doing, but it was also, it paid me a lot more money. Like my parents are both middle school teachers. I was completely impressed by how much money I could make. I was like, wow, like I'm a lawyer, I'm big time. Um, so I would never have quit that job. I really think I'd be a partner at that firm if like there wasn't a huge uh, like banking crisis and stuff. They lost a ton of their biggest clients and they let all the first and second year uh, attorneys go. And I was just in that batch and I was like, all right. I kind of left there being like not knowing what to do because a lot of the biggest firms were in the same position where they're like letting people go. They're not trying to pick up some random girl like, Oh, you got, you got fired from your place. Like come to mind. Um, so I had like a, they put me on, um, had some kind of, I can't think of the word. Oh, severance package. Uh, that bought me a lot of time. And I was like, well, 
until the market changes and there's jobs to apply for, I'm just going to play poker. I was already playing a decent amount of poker anyway. Um, and I just started playing and I, I was kind of in denial though. I'm like, I'm not a poker player. I'm like, I'm making a little bit of money and like buying myself time before I could like go back to my real job. What and then what, what year was this? That was probably 2009. Okay. And yeah, I just, I was kind of in denial. I just kept playing and playing and playing. Um, and then I, uh, I was doing fine, but nothing spectacular. I'm not like, I wasn't like, Oh, now I'm a crusher. I didn't even know what to study or like how to get better. So I was just beating easy players. Um, and that was it. I wasn't really playing huge. I was playing two, five and five, 10. Um, and then I found like the perfect job for me. Uh, I applied for one job two years later because it showed up in my email. I'd get like these alerts and it was a part-time doing the exact same job that I used to do, which was estate planning. Um, and I was like, Oh, this would be amazing. I could still play a ton of poker, but I'll play, I'll do 20 hours a week of this real job. And I go there and I get hired on the spot. The people are awesome. Um, and a week or two later, they're like, we are just like, we, you're doing such a good job. We're making you full time. And I was like, no oh man no i wasn't even doing that good of a job i was like i'm barely like i just felt like i didn't know how to say no because those people i was working for had families and way more responsibility than me and i was like how can i what do i say no i'd rather be lazier thank you <laughs> right and so that kind of like poker, poker right, dream poker, for a year yeah sorry i didn't hear you you're, no saying you're gonna yeah it's hard to say i'm just gonna i'd rather play poker uh, you know, part-time and do this part-time and, and yeah. Yeah, you, so, um, interesting. So, so then you do become full-time again for, for a while until I couldn't take it anymore. I really should have just been honest with them now. Like I, I'm so much more, um, just honest and like more confident and like being able to tell people, no, I don't want to do this thing or yeah, I do want to do this thing. If it were now, I would just be like, listen, this is my perfect life balance. And like, I'll do a better job if you don't make me full-time. I could have said that. And at that time I just was like, I have no idea why I, I just, I just didn't bend at all. I was just like, okay, I, I just worked until I broke and yeah. And, and I see, I saw some notes here that you had, this was, so this was 2009, but then you got, at some point you said, I can't do anymore. And then you're back playing poker. And then you had some momentum. You have 40,000. I, I read that on full tilt. And that, I remember this very well, the day that it went down and that money was uh seized. Is that, is that correct? Around 40,000 yeah. that was taken. Um, so I got, I got a little bit lucky. Um, it's funny to say that cause I got extremely unlucky. Like I left that law job, um, right before, like I gave them my two weeks. I was like, I don't think this is going to work out. And like, I had a discussion with the one lady about it and like, um, and it was like, all right, I'm going to go grind full time. Cause I had said, I'm like, as soon as I get my bankroll, it's like a comfortable number. And I don't remember what it was, maybe 30,000 or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going for it and I'm going to just be a poker player. So I gave my two weeks and then, then it all came crashing down. Um, the slight amount of luck I had was that my friend uh, had a stable and he was backing a bunch of players that were doing poorly. So he'd just be like, Hey, can you send me three K send me two K? And I kept sending him small amounts of money. Um, and he would send me to my bank. And so I didn't have the full 40 on there. I had about 15 K left that got frozen. So I ended up with a tiny amount of money to like build a bankroll um, live afterwards. Wow. Yeah. That was crazy times. They were like, people were depositing on credit cards and they weren't uh, cashing or it wasn't going through like all kinds of weird stuff was happening. And then they were doing like the unlimited re-entries and stuff. Just, you could tell, you know, it was like chaos on there. Like things, the signs were there that 
something yeah. was something was wrong and different. And um, I, I got I had some money held up on there as well. And it was it's kind of bizarre, right? Because I mean, it took years. Like you, you hear stories like Jungle Man, I think had five million on there, and other people. And that people were selling it for cents on the dollar. Yeah, I mean, people were selling like 20, 30 cents, ten cents to because it looked like it was just uh, lost and, and, and gone for for the most part. So, uh, so that must've been pretty emotional though, right? That's a, that's a pretty upsetting thing. Horrible. It was horrible. I, I actually like, that was one time in my life where I experienced like extreme denial where I just, I refused to believe that it was going to be a long-term thing. I would have blown my mind if you said, Hey, in 2020, you're still going to, be banned from playing on stars and full till and like that was not even a possibility in my mind i was thinking it was gonna be back in like a month or two it was gonna be a slap on the wrist these companies um they would figure their shit out they would find better ways to tax this stuff and be back because logically that's what should have happened our our government our government is missing out on a ton of tax revenue um we're supposed to be the land of the free and people should be able to spend their money how they want um we can buy scratch off lottery tickets to a broke can play daily fantasy and now sports bet at a federal level. It's legal. It's just like backwards, but very confusing uh, on that, that front as well. Although you see Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, obviously New Jersey was your home state and Michigan, Michigan just passed. That's where I'm from. And I think things are moving, but it's just still not, not how it should be, I guess, but there, there's a chance that it does expedite throughout the country. I think, I think there's a, I hope so. I hope so. I mean, like so you're 30, you're 35, right? Or uh, thir- thir- you're, 37. <laughs> 37. I'm 33. Yeah. I mean, you, so yeah, we are, you were in college around, you know, then it's just kind of weird, right? At some point too, it's like great, but it's like as streaming and I have a fam, you know, a son now. And it's like, yeah, yeah it's cool. Like I'm just thinking like five, 10 years of online poker is back though. Or like what's poker going to look like then? Will I even be playing so much mm-hmm. or whatever? Right. So it's kind of like, it's kind of all about right place, right time. And we're, we're definitely not, uh, I mean, it's, Again, if they open up the U.S., I think we whatever we're doing, I'm sure we'll be playing some because it, and the poker will be good. Um, but it, it's just kind of – it's just, yeah, it's frustrating, right, that now this is like the last 10 years. It should have been active and, and going, and it's not. So it just – And we're yeah. behind now. Like that, that kind of hurts. Um, I remember back in the day, I would do like location reads on people. Like you'd like scroll over their name, and it would say Brazil, and I'm like – I'm not fucking folding this guy. Oh. I knew you were going there to Brazil. Yeah. Too. I, I mean, <laughs> shout out to Brazilians out there. Boa noite. That's uh, it's tough, but yeah, they've exactly that. All that, that, now that we, has shifted. Now we're, we're the worst. Like if you scroll over someone and you see Canada, you're like, Oh, okay. This is probably an American transplant. And they're probably like years behind me from Germany, you know? And like at the WSOP too, um, I feel like if I sit at a table and there's like six different accents, I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Or it used to be the opposite. And it's a shame our government kind of did this to us. Obviously, it's on us. Like there, there have, there are some Americans that are fantastic poker players still that really went out of their way or left the country to um, pursue their goal of being the best. But it's an uphill battle. I think it's really hard for people to be expected to leave their families and friends behind for so long just to try to be like at the apex of the sport. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's very crazy. So you're, so you get this money. And now what did your, I want to ask you about your family as well. I mean, this is the type of thing too, that I think the problem with the apostle type events, uh, pot ripper on ultimate bet. Mm-hmm. Money stays. So it's like whatever your family supporting you or like, Oh, like if you get through the phase where they're kind of uncomfortable or worried, which is natural. And then all of a sudden something like this, it's like, Oh, you have 40, you've made money on it. And of course now look at, it, you don't even get paid or it's stolen. Like that's not really, 
you know, that doesn't look great either. Like for those, like this is a big brand, mm-hmm. you know, this wasn't like a offshore shady site that like, if something happened, you might be like, Oh, well, yeah. I mean, you know, so it's, it was like a big brand, big names, big ambassadors. So it was, so what, how did you deal with that? And, and were you, how was your family along the way with, with supporting you? Um, I, it was an uphill battle with my mom just because she was really proud of me for becoming a lawyer. Uh, we had never had like a lawyer in our family and she was just like, wow, you really did it. And I think, I think it was hard to like, let go of that where I was just like, this is making me pretty miserable. I want to play poker now. And I think that she was always rooting for me to like do the, um, between jobs playing poker and then go back and, and pick it back up. Um, so it was hard for her with, with my brothers, especially though, they played some poker. They thought it was awesome. Like, especially this, this past summer, um, with getting to commentate the WSP Maine, my little brother's like, is this real? Cause we used to just watch, yeah. like, we would rush from wherever we were to go meet and watch the WSP Maine together. And like, that was the thing where like, now I feel like it's more accepted, but it's less because of, um, I've never won like a major tournament. I've never had that like huge successful thing where I'm like validation, like my family has to accept this now. Um, and I feel like commentary has made my mom and my family accept it more that like, you know, this is the thing I'm doing. It, it got legitimized a little bit despite UB, despite full tilt and stars and everything else. Um, that it just seems like a, like a slightly more legit path than it used to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, I mean, that's mainstream as it gets being on ESPN, the main event and doing commentary and, and some of the other commentary you've done um, for, I think you've done some WPT stuff. You've done mm-hmm. WSOP uh, and uh, for poker go as well. What, what other, what got you into commentary and, and what do you tell me a bit about where you've done it and, and what you enjoy about it? Um, I, I think it's pretty cool that I'm doing it just based on my like personality type growing up. I was definitely not like, I was afraid of public speaking and stuff. So, and I still kind of am like in front of the camera speaking, I'm like a vomit, but, uh, I did it in Venice once party poker, um, party king in New Jersey. And they actually like hired me to be a pro, um, for a couple of years to like open up the site, launch it or whatever. And as a thank you, I had gone and done like some stuff that was outside of my contract that they needed done. Um, and Jeffrey Huss, uh, at the time, I think he was their like head guy, sends me an email and he goes, have fun in Venice. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I get this whole thing where it's like, we're sending you to Venice. We want you to like be on Jesse May's little show, like go play um, their WPT there. And then when I got there, they were like, hey, you, you can hop in the commentary booth. I'm like, I'm good. And they're like, no, no, you're going to hop in the commentary booth. Like we gave you this free buy-in, like you got the vacation. I was like, oh no. So right. totally, I was sweating the entire time. I was just like, it was whole cards down so like i didn't even have that to be like yeah and he had kings so that made sense like literally it was just like flying blind um got through it and just felt like really proud of myself not because i did a good job i probably did a horrible job but because i was like as scared as possible and got through it and was like excited by that or just like all right i did this thing that like you couldn't have like paid me to do (laughs) when you got done with it though did you were you like oh that wasn't so bad and maybe i'd like to do this more or initially was it just like all right i I got through it that was good and that was that 
Um, it like it's really funny because it's like I have something wrong with my brain because I feel this way about marathoning. Like I would do the whole marathon and the entire time be like, this is horrible. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. And then be done. And I'd be looking for the next one to sign up for. I right. feel like that's what commentary felt like where I was like the whole entire time just worrying about every word and filtering everything I was saying and knowing I'm screwing up and knowing there are people that like are the GTO people being like, what is this idiot girl talking about? And then when I was done, I was like, I could do better next time. Like I'm going to, I want to do it again. Um, and so I kept getting like little opportunities. I think that's like one thing where I can't really complain about being like treated a certain way because I'm a female on poker, because I also realized like I get cool opportunities. Like there is a need for a female voice once in a while. Like they do want to market to women they want to make this a more female friendly game. Um, and I feel like that has helped me get certain jobs and like helps me get experience so that I get better at these jobs. It's cool. And, and what about, uh, so commentary is done. And then what about this podcast? So you and Marley, what, what, what is the theme and how often do you guys, how often are you doing that at the moment? Um, so this is uh, for run it once. Um, and they had just wanted to try to market to like a different audience. They already have, I think it's an amazing site. It's a really good training tool. Um, they already get the like very serious GTO guys. Um, and I think they're just trying to market to like a new crowd. Um, Marley's hilarious. She's like, her vlogs are just really funny. And she, uh, She's not afraid to be a little edgy. And I think that's pretty good because I think when we're doing, when I'm repping a brand, I'm very not like that. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be like the the loose cannon or whatever um, when I'm repping like Phil Galf on site. So it's kind of cool. We, we just try to grab uh, some good guests and just bullshit with them for 45 minutes, usually take some questions from Twitter um, and basically get people's backstory or um, just, it's very casual. Like we might just have a, five or six little like bullet points of stuff we want to talk about. And we just let guests kind of do their thing. Right. And do you, which do you prefer commentary or podcast stuff? What's, what's more enjoyable to you? Um, it really depends. Like I think commentary is pretty cool. Um, there's such a like vast difference though, between like the scariest commentary where you're like WSOP main. I'm like, Oh my God, like I feel nauseous. Um, and then there's like run it up where you're just like, this is fun. I would do this like for fun. Um, and it's cool to get paid for a job that you would do for fun. Um, and then with the pods, it's like when it's just she and I, sometimes we don't have guests and I just feel like I'm like, ah, it's okay. Like I'm, it's fun to talk to your friend and whatever. Um, but then like sometimes the pods are the most fun. Like we had jungle man on last week. Jungle man is like out of his mind. This dude is not on this planet. So that was the funniest thing. And we did it. Uh, it was a zoom meeting. So you know how zoom works where like it focuses on the person talking yeah, I had to muffle myself because I was laughing so much. The camera kept coming to me and I'm like, don't look at me. I'm just like laugh, dying, yeah, laughing. Yeah. Is out of mind. So like that was more fun than commentary because it's just, we got an amazing guest. Yeah. But, uh, how do you feel? You you're in the same boat with like getting yeah. a lot of different opportunities. I, I like it. The podcast stuff's really grown on me just cause I think it's, it's fun. You just oftentimes don't get to really know someone or get to talk mm -hmm. to them about, sort of like understanding their journey within uh, whether it's poker or otherwise. But uh, yeah, I, I had jungle man for the second time on. And last week, you know, right before he did his thing with uh, Galfon with the run at once. So, and he Falcons, was, you know, Mr. Yeah, Falcons. Falcons. yeah, he's been he's streaming on my, on my Twitch channel actually. So that, that was fun. Like he was, he's been act, he's going to be putting his cards face up. I think Phil actually, I don't even oh, that's really cool. I don't believe his cards are face up. I think at the end, he said he's going to try to save Jungle Man for the last challenge mm -hmm. so that they can both do cards up and he won't be like sacrificing so much information to the other opponents he's going to have. 
So I think they're both willing to do cards up as long as it's the last uh, matchup. Okay. So yeah, because they just did. I th- they just did only certain many hands, not that many. Mm-hmm. I guess it was only like seven fifty. They had like yeah. a mini challenge or whatever. Yeah. So so that yeah, but no, obviously those uh, jungle man's a uh, character, and and that, that exactly stuff like that where you just get you know stuff you're just not used to, and and just it's yeah. gold. So it's it's fun. I think it's all it's all fun. Um, but but it's just. It's different. It's also good to keep a, a mix, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Just not always do the same thing, whether it's streaming or, or or commentary or podcasting. And you do, you're also streaming some, or you've done in the past, and you're doing it now for uh, the keep, join the pledge for the keep the lights on with, mm-hmm. uh, talk about that a bit. Cause it, you, I saw you were streaming and then for this cause, what that is. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't streamed in like five years. I didn't take to streaming like some people do. I feel like it's very exhausting. Um, so like I like it once in a while, but I definitely could not be someone who was like consistent, like like the Staples Brothers or something. I'm like, I can't, I just don't have it in me. But um, Tana Karn from Run Good, um, I'm, I represent them. And he hit me up to say, do you think you could raise some money for poker media? Because a lot of the poker media... Um, they won't be able to collect unemployment they won't be able to collect other like government benefits because they work in gigs. It's like for a week, you might work for run it up. And then a month later, you might be blogging a week for um, WSOP or something like that. But none of these people, none of these companies are their full-time employers. So they kind of get left in the cold when, when this pandemic happens. Um, so we set a goal of 1500 bucks, um, Jeff Platt, and then a guy who goes on Twitch as the golden blazer. We each had a goal of 1500. Um, we each crushed the goal. I think I'm up to like 11 K or something now. So many people in poker stepped up a lot of people. I like, I didn't hit anyone up because I don't like asking. I know everyone gets to hit up for charity stuff. I'm like, if they find it and want to contribute, cool, but I'm never going to like try to make someone. And then I just saw the other day, like lucky Tui just sent 200 and I was like, I just think it's really cool when people in poker realize that it's like um, you're helping your friends. Like these are people that like you might be bullshitting with at a poker tournament when, you know, when there's some downtime, these are people who are like, I don't know. They're like just good people who work hard and would love to be doing their job, but they're like kept at home for an indefinite amount of time too. We just don't know um, when live poker is going to be back. And do and you know how, so they're dispersing the money to who exactly it goes to people in the industry. Like what, what a, do, is there a list or how do, how do they break decide who gets where the money's? Yeah. So I think the list is uh, it's staying confidential. Cause I think a lot of people are, are afraid to admit that they need the help, mm-hmm. um, but they needed to have worked in the poker media within the last year. Um, they have to go through, there was a few people on like a panel to decide like what's legit or not. Um, and these are guys who worked like, it's like guys who work for poker news and the different organizations that would know like who's in poker. Um, and they could just submit their utility bills um, for the last couple of months. So that's why it's called keep the lights on. They're just going to pay their like electricity and whatever else they might need. Um, and the way it worked was people could donate either a flat amount or they could donate, they could pledge per in the money that I would make. So I'm playing 30 tournaments, 10 each week. Um, and each in the money is now worth $1,000 to the charity. And if, I'll just tell you the first week I bricked it zero for 10. You know how bad that feels? <laughs> I was like, I am trying really hard. It was on global and I, I had not played on global before. I couldn't even figure out how half the stuff worked. I'm like, am I in the money? I don't even know. Um, wow. And yeah, I, I went 0 for 10. And then the next week I went five for nine. So redemption. There you go. So it's, <laughs> it's about, that's yeah. So you're ahead of schedule even. You got five out of 20. Yeah. 
about but right. Telling you, the first week I was just like, I'm like, do I personally send these guys a, a, an I'm sorry note? <laughs> it, it, it does add a bit of pressure. It's fun, mm-hmm. it's good, but it, it, it's a, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's great. It's a good cause. I saw that's a Remco and, and B Hanks were talking about this as well. And, and this goes for, this is just going it, to, it's ongoing at the moment. Is this mm-hmm. just- yeah. Jeff, Jeff Platt is streaming today. He's on team poker go. Um, and then next week, uh, I think the schedule goes golden blazer. His name's Brian on Monday, Jeff Platt Wednesday. And then I wrap it up on Friday. Very cool. Uh, and that, so you, you do charity, you've done some charity stuff in the past. You're doing this. What, what about the animal stuff? Cause I, I you, you actually have that list as animal lover. What's your, you haven't, uh, would you, do you have a specific type of animals, all animals? What's, what's the story? With um, I'm an all animal person, uh, but pit bulls will be like, if I ever um, hit it big, like if I ever banked some huge tournament where I didn't really have to worry about uh, grinding all the time and I could just set aside a couple hundred thousand um, I would definitely buy a ranch in Vegas or just like outside of Vegas and do a pit bull rescue because they're like, it's super sad, but uh, like there are sometimes puppies that get euthanized as soon as they hit a shelter because pit bulls don't get adopted at anywhere close to the rate of other breeds because there's, you know, people are afraid if you have kids and stuff, you're afraid the dog might be violent, but we don't realize is like they are so trainable like the reason they're used for fighting obviously they're strong and muscular or whatever but they're also extremely trainable they're very like loyal and loving and like they will do what you want and that's why you can train a pit bull to be a very good dog um just like people train them to be very mean dogs so uh yeah that would be my thing if i had the choice to do anything um i would definitely do a pit bull rescue right now i only have one um, but that will change. Uh, we're already right before the pandemic, uh, we we're starting to look and it's actually amazing. This is one of the only things lately that's made me feel like people are maybe better than I thought they were. Um, cause there's a lot of stuff that makes me feel people are kind of bad. <laughs> All the shelters, not a single dog. You couldn't get a dog. Everyone fostered them. So everyone who worked at wow. shelters and then random volunteers took home every single dog in the Vegas shelters, um, during this quarantine. Jeez. That's uh, that's that's interesting. So that's just what, what do you, that's just, just people being good, just kind mm-hmm. of reaching out and doing. I mean, that that is uh, that's a bit surprising. I wouldn't I wouldn't think that that would trigger that particularly. That that would be. I guess that they're home. You know, they're people who are home. I think a lot of people would love to be a dog owner, but they work long hours and they're not going to just keep a dog by itself all day. So they're like, all right, we're going to be home for some unknown amount of time. Like these shelters can't stay open because the people can't be interacting with each other. So a lot of people just reached out and said, yeah, I'll foster this dog until this quarantine is over. Um, and then it happens. Like a lot of people are going to end up keeping them though. It's really hard to be like, yeah, I've loved you for three months, but now you got to go back to your shelter. So I think, I think a lot of the people are going to keeping these dogs. But, um, I mean, that was an extremely heartening experience to be looking at these sites and being like, Oh, no dogs, Stephen Foster. Like everyone's being taken care of. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I'm, I'm a dog. I love dogs myself. I had grown up there. It's a lot of, it's a, it is like a child. I mean, it's a lot of work and you gotta, you know, you gotta give them enough, give them time and attention. It's, but they're, I had golden retrievers. Pitbulls are, I, I mean, I think they're great dogs as well. It's just the, exactly there. That's like a, yeah, they're, they got power behind them. You got to make sure you, <laughs> you train them right and, and uh, take care of them that you don't want to, you don't want to mess around there. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the poker, poker journey i want to talk in terms of live online so we look here at your your hendon mob and you've got you know, you've been playing for a, a fair amount of time i guess 2000 mm-hmm. 2009 got into it what what made you 
at that point go from were you playing a lot of cash games as well or is it did yeah you start into tournaments here so i it's so funny i i I still sort of regret getting into tournaments just because i've never had that like amazing glory feeling of like one 200k bank or whatever um Mm -hmm. i've played a lot of cash like when i was still a lawyer i would just like sometimes drive after work it'd be like 7 p.m i'd drive an hour and a half down ac put in like a four hour five ten session drive back home i loved poker so much um and i I started playing online a little bit then just a little and you know, it was just easier to get into tournaments online. I just felt like, all right, I, I want to play for four hours at night. I would go play like the 180 mans, um, sometimes play some turbos and stuff like that. And then I just started getting more into it. Like if you're competitive, it's really hard to just stay in cash games. Like the glory is in tournaments. And I feel like I kind of like went that way because of it where I'm like, I want to win something. Like, I don't want to be like, I'm up a thousand, I'm cashing out. I'm like, no, I want to like beat people at poker and I want to win. Um, and I, I just didn't realize that like the swings uh, of tournaments and like the emotional swings you go on are, are like pretty awful. <laughs> I mean, I'm doing it right now. I'm like, I'm playing a ton online. WSOP.com has like a, a huge series. Every seems like as soon as one ends, they start a new one. Right. I've just been on massive swings, like highest of highs, lowest of lows, like week to week. Um, and I think that like, I don't know. I, like, I don't know what draws me to that when I've never even had that like amazing feeling of like winning something huge. Well, but, that, that, that's what the, that's the tricky part of tournaments, right? Because when you when you get it's exactly that you either don't get it or for a while or a lot of close calls and it's sort of whatever or you do when you you get one which is great and it's fine it's not there's not many people that just like bink one and then just sort of say i'm good you know i guess you do see your eastgate yeah 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 there's a few there's a few i know there's i mean there's a couple like dan coleman fedor the guys that really got hot kind of step away too i mean it's 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 not like uh it hasn't happened i'm just saying it's it's a tricky thing it kind of it's like a web right you kind of get yeah. kind of get brought in and there's something it is powerful like playing a cash game winning money is cool but getting chips deep in the tournament you know you've been you've been there you've had some close calls or you've gotten the main event i see you've had some deep runs and good yeah, cash like, you're in the main and this, that's like, I guess are what keep you coming back also just I've, I've played a ton of my poker life online i would say like a very decent chunk of it. There, there were two years in there where maybe I played five live tournaments. Like I would go for the series for a week or two. Um, and then the rest of it, I moved to Rosarito after Black Friday and I just played a ton of tournaments online. And that was satisfying to me. Like that, just playing 30 tournaments on a Sunday or whatever it was like, and just being like, okay, I'm winning like this. I'm good at this, you know, like that right. felt good. But then after leaving that and going to live tournaments, I felt like, what am I doing? Like, I know one bad Sunday, right? You could have one bad Sunday and you could probably brick like almost all your tournaments. If that were over a, a live year, that would be six months. <laughs> like that, it's just crazy for our brains to like try to wrap themselves around what variance actually is. And it's, yeah. it's almost impossible. I still feel like when I'm winning, I'm never going to lose. And when I'm losing, I'm never going to win. <laughs> it's so tricky. Variance is such a wild thing too. Cause it's uh it's really hard. You know, it's, it's hard for us to even understand it and do it. But then you have your loved ones, your relatives, you know, if your boyfriend or girlfriend or your husband or wife, and like, you have to go there and, you know, when you finish or you want to, you want to have a good result, you want to have a nice win, you want to share your success. But like, there's times where you're just like, in your head, you're like, wow, I lost aces to deuces, like with 12 left for, I should have won, you know, that pot was worth X yeah. amount of money. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. And it's just part of it all. And then you don't know, like, are you running? Cause there's times too. I mean, I've been playing for a long time. I'll talk to myself and I'm like, man, 
am I playing bad right now? Or am I <laughs> running bad? Or like when you win, it's like, oh, I'm playing, like I must be playing good, but maybe you weren't even playing good and you just won some flips and got good mm-hmm. cards. Sometimes. So, you know, poker is a bit tricky like that. It's hard. It's good to be, do some work on your game and reflect on it. I think also important to understand that the game's won and lost in a lot of smaller pots and showdowns and, and spots like the ace king to queens and the jacks to ace 10 off you know those hands happen right you got to win them you got to be on the right side you're gonna whatever but mm-hmm. ultimately i think it's like it's it's important to be able to be honest and understand how you're playing and if you know you're playing well or not and, that, and that's that's yeah. that's something you kind of get as you get more experience and play but yeah no i mean variance and, and variance is a real thing and i mean i'm with you as well i haven't had uh i've had some good scores but i you know i've seconds thirds like just just don't quite you know have that breakout such that like the difference could be literally a coin flip or distribution of cards down the final two three tables and it's kind of crazy because like you'll see guys win a couple tournaments in a year and they're like these people think they're the best player in the world and then there's people that you just you know some of the better players you may never even have heard of uh that discouraged and stop playing them so it's uh it's definitely a, a mental toughness um, to it. What about studying? How do you, how do you work on your game? Do you do any peel solvers? Do you have groups with friends? How do you review and, and improve in your game? So I definitely stalled out for a while. I was thinking, um, I was, I was getting writing jobs and I was thinking, I think I'm getting out of poker, which is weird. I never thought I would. Um, and I, I struggled with that for like probably two years where I just kept telling myself that I was getting out of poker like I would be a part-time poker player. And so I just kept finding reasons not to work on my game. Cause I was like, Oh, like I'm not going to really be in this. So why am I going to grind yeah. so hard? Why am I going to try so hard? And then uh, within the last year or so, I'm just like, I keep telling myself that. And then I never leave. I just take on more jobs. Like I'm doing all the writing jobs, but I'm also grinding full time. So um, I just joined a group about a month ago. Um, Jesse Sylvia is one of my good friends and he actually lives in my neighborhood. And um, he started a group where it's like this big study group and we've been working like this is the most I've ever studied poker. I really just kind of like have been flying by the seat of my pants and it's not, you know, it's, it's working okay, but I, I feel like it could be much better. Um, and we're studying, like we have like five sessions a week and there's sometimes up to three hours. And uh, I'm really not good with software with like new stuff. Like I'm not a tech person. Yeah. So what's great about this is that he is, and like he's doing a lot of the um, solver work. And then we're just like going over the like, the concepts that we're gleaning from taking certain hand groups and certain flops and like figuring out bet sizing and things. Um, and we're doing a lot of work like that. And it's really making me like poker more. Like when I'm playing, I'm like thinking about things a little more deeply. And I feel like I really should have done this a long time ago. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause I'm the same way. I don't mind doing the work or studying or putting effort into things, but it's peel solver. And, you know, you start talking about plugging in the hand and the tedious stuff. It's just kind of like, all right, you know, like I, if that's what it, it, I get it, but it's just, it's just not what I want to be doing in particular. It's different, you know? it's different, it's different from different. what brought us to the game. Like I, I feel like, yeah. I don't know. It would be like if we were playing soccer and they're like, Hey, instead of playing any games or scrimmages, you're just going to do drills every single day. And you're like, no, this is not what made me like soccer. Like, I want to play a game. I want to scrimmage. That's what it feels like to me when you're just, like, constantly going over these, like, tedious things. But also um, applying them. Like, once you do actually, like, learn these concepts, it feels really good to, like, find yourself, make a different decision and have it work out. I'll, I'll say this, too. You know, it's, it's funny because you realize like how advanced the game is, you know, and you start hearing about backgammon and other games that get solved and die or whatever, but mm-hmm. you know, ultimately poker live poker will be there forever. Right. Like it's just 
doesn't matter. People could study whatever and go mm-hmm. live. People punt and there's just people there for fun. It's just, it's going to be good. You, know, you talk about online stuff, but it's tough and there's solvers in this and that. The reality is too, if you look at like your game, if you were to take your, your game or my game five years ago, seven years ago, like mm-hmm. it's almost embarrassing, like in a way, you know, cause you'll look at it and be like, wow. And it's like, there's like a period of time where I'm looking at, I, I was playing some like hundred K buy-ins and like, I just, you know, I, I obviously I'm selling action or get put, have pieces sold or whatever, 25 K, 10 K. But looking back like 10 years ago and seeing some of the people I'm playing against, and understand, you know, realizing what doing, then I would see some hands and I'm just like, wow, like where where that river, like that's the easiest call in the world. Or I like called this river and it's like, what am I even thinking? I realized Mm -hmm. like a lot of it was just like playing. Like you said, we played, you like poker, you have natural kind of ability and you you gravitation, just like you were winning in college, beating people that didn't really know how to play. But you know, it's just like, as you have more information now, yeah, other people kind of have it too. Um, But it's just funny to think about like how, where your game is now where it was five years ago and where it really should be. Because even now, you know, there's a ton of stuff. It's crazy. Like how much I learn in a given session or week, or I'll review or talk to someone like super advanced. And it's mm-hmm. like, I'm learning new concepts or ideas or little things that are just, that I haven't even heard about. And I'm just like, man, it's crazy. I didn't know about this before. You know, yeah, you there was this, uh, there was some Twitter account that used to, it was like a bot account where it would just crank out free poker videos that people have made in the past. Yeah. And one kept coming up where they're like, Jamie Christeter for Tournament Poker Edge 2010. I'm like, no. Right. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I actually saw a hand the other day and I, I i was like embarrassed about what happened like i saw it and i was like what the, i was like hold like i actually looked at it and i was like this is crazy like this yeah. is embarrassing i'm like i, I hope people realize it that like we were just so lost but we were like not more lost than everyone around like every right. you know some people who were like definitely way ahead of the game oh actually i just rewatched two months two million and if mm-hmm. two months two million and if anyone hasn't watched it look it up on youtube it's so entertaining that's what chewy right was in there who was was lucky chewy in that yeah, yeah he was in it donnie stern um it was crazy though like listening to him speak uh they were so ahead of the game like they were like dudes like college fratty dudes who like wanted to get drunk and have sex with everyone. But they also were like talking about like GTO concepts and stuff. So was long. That, was that, was that, is it just in YouTube? You can watch it. You can watch it. The quality is real crappy on YouTube, but that's where I watched it. I, I don't know where else you could get it. Kind of, I never saw this, but I remember it. I should, I mean, this is like die laughing. Like it takes you so like, it, it like brought up so many memories for me because it reminded me of Rosarito even like it was Rosarito when I lived there was 2011, 2012. Um, so it was even like, I kind of missed the boat for when poker was like the easiest and craziest, but it still reminded me of some of it, just like the funny things they were doing and like the massive credit card roulettes and stuff that has like stuck around from there, but you're going to die laughing. Like it makes me so nostalgic watching it. How many, how many, uh, how many episodes was it? I think they only had two seasons. It wasn't many. Like I binge watched it in two days. <laughs> right. I got I to watch it too. Just I never saw it. And I've sh- I mean, that's the kind of, it's the thing too about studying and watching. And there's just so much information now. It's like almost overwhelming, but there's so many courses. There's so many things. You, know, you got to realize like it can't hurt, right? It's good to know. Even if you watched a lot of it or did a couple courses or things like it just kind of, it's going to be good information. Even if you don't agree or some of it might be different or some better than the others. It's mm-hmm. like, it's important to kind of know what concepts or what people, what even forget about you, like population tendencies. That was, I had a talk with Rainer Kempe in March of uh, last year. I was in Brazil and we were walking one day 
hanging out and start talking. He it was some really interesting. He was talking about was population tendencies and just like understanding, you know, like the button perception of like what's happening. If you play like a two hundred dollar buy in tournament, like a Sunday major, like to understand, you know, because Rainer Kempe obviously is on a different level, right? Like he's mm-hmm. in a full different spectrum, but he he needs to know and he want he like understanding what the average player is doing or what the people are learning and told, you know, if you, it adjusts, right? Like what, what are the calling frequencies? What are people defending? What are people bluffing with? So it's like, if you kind of know that and then you don't have to like do exactly that, but you, you sort of understand how people are thinking about the game and it shifts. Like they're literally like three months, six months, like what people are it doing, does. What they're doing. It's like changing. And I think yeah. one of the greatest tweets ever, uh, congrats as well. People may not know you were, you know, you are, I think you, it was this year, last year, multiple years, you've won the GPI Twitter personality <laughs> one of the year. Yeah, right? this year. It's yeah. the silliest award, but I was like so happy because I'm like, it's, I. Right, it's great. Me. What do you mean? That's awesome. Writing, I was. Writing I'm, is what makes me happy. Like, I like making people laugh and I, I really like writing. So I was like, oh, this is such a like specific award. Because like for poker, I'm like, I'm not going to win any poker trophies. Come on. I was, <laughs> I was uh, I was crossing my fingers today. I thought, you know, from the the number one poker Twitter personality, I was hoping for a retweet, Jamie. I came. I didn't even know that. Uh, oh, I can do it right now. Jamie, this is tough out here. It's that times are tough. It's COVID. People are trying to survive. We can't even get a we can't even get a shout out on the flow show out here. But I was saying, I was saying about this point that I thought the best tweet I've ever seen. Um, I was saying you you won the personality of the year, but the best, like the most in. Uh, Maybe it's even pinned to his his tweet still. Uh, Sam Grafton, I love that tweet about like the years. Do you remember that? Like he was talking about like year 2012 was this, 2013 year of this, 2014 year of this. And it was just like basically explaining like how the game changed every year. And then it was like crypto 2017 or whatever, 2018. It was just like basically explaining how the world thinks about poker. And it's just like if you look at every year, the tendencies – are so different like what people are doing the three betting the four bet five bet stuff now it's just like flatting and you know it's just it's just funny because like it shows you the game is it's evolving and it's still not not set and there's not that's why it's great because it's just not one answer right it's not uh look at that now we're doing it we had a better home home. um but yeah so yeah it's it's cool so um speaking of twitter explain that to what who else was up in that and and what what is where do you your sense of humor, your way of being, you know, where, what do you think, uh, why, how, what do you think differentiates from others? And what, what do you, where do you get this sort of, uh, you know, the spunk, this, this pizzazz from? Um, I like, I have to blame it on my dad. I like the reason law school was kind of hard for me at first is like, I lost my dad my first year of law school, just suddenly to a heart attack. So it was awful. And he is the reason I, I had just like a sarcastic sense of humor. Um, he was always the person who would like make the inappropriate joke when it was too quiet and all that stuff. So like he, he definitely instilled that in me where I was just like, whatever, you just like go take your shots, make your stupid jokes and like make people laugh. Um, and I just like, I feel like, also having having siblings just having three siblings and like getting beat up by my older brother and sister and stuff like I had to have something right I'm never going to win in a fight they're five and seven years older than me so I would wait till we're on the bus to school and then make some devastating comment in front of his friends about him so like that was my thing <laughs> oh, that's wrong. Yeah. um so I think that's kind of where it comes from I just like that was my way of like fighting back against you know the older siblings and and what about what about stand-up um 
comedy have you thought about that have you ever thought about being a comedian have you ever I don't have the balls, man i really don't i did it once at run it up reno and uh, my friends like you did a great job when are you gonna do it next i'm like never that was like a thing where i'm like i did it and i was super proud to have done it but all the emotions surrounding it like literally felt like i was gonna get an ulcer i was so i have yeah, so much that's that's kind of like what commentary was yeah. for you know though right so it's sort of yeah. the same same boat like In hard. No, I don't know. it's hard though like yeah. actually seeing people looking at you and like like they like I was in the the nicest environment ever run it up Reno like everyone there wants you to do well they want to laugh at my jokes whether they're good or not so like knowing that it should have been easy and I still was just like I had to get drunk I was like five drinks in I'm like oh <laughs> yeah I, I saw Doug did something or was trying to do some of that too wasn't he did he did he ever he did a couple or one or two or all the confidence in the world I'm like I wish I could be like that like he just got it in his mind one day he's like I want to do stand-up comedy and then two days later he does stand-up comedy and I'm like how do you do that? For me, it was like a two-year thing where every time I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I had to work up so much confidence to try to do it. I, I think stand-up comedy would be fun, but exactly. I feel that same thing too. Cause like that, the, the, the fact of like live feedback in person, like it's one thing to you know, talk on a camera, which is mm-hmm. whether you mess up or not, it's that, but like to actually look at people and like feel the energy, if like, it's not what they're looking for, it's tough. Right. Cause that, that, that is, uh, yeah. It's not easy to get feedback like that if if it doesn't go well. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's something about it. I think it would be fun. But also, I think it's kind of hard because a lot of the jokes are, you know, if you really want to, like, go make people uncomfortable and laugh or kind of, like, <laughs> push the boundary. It's like a nowadays, too, a lot of stuff's a bit, like, you know, you can't talk taboo or, like, I don't know. I guess yeah. I guess things are sort of out the door and mo- most of the time in these comedi- when you go comedian. But still, now, it's a lot of uh, – it's a lot of sensitive subjects out there. Yeah, and I'm. I just feel like I, my strength is writing. It's not in delivery. Like I enjoy writing jokes, and I've like written right. some jokes for other people and stuff. I don't. I don't know. Like I, people can read it on my face that I am just like so scared that no one wants that. Like when you go to a show, if I like paid money for a comedy show, I don't want to see someone up there like peeing their pants. Like you want right. someone confident who can like deliver jokes, and like I'd rather be the writer of the joke than the deliverer of the joke. Have you thought about, have you done any more? I mean, again, you said you work, you've been with Doug and doing stuff for them and writing stuff. Have you thought about, you know, tr- some comedians are trying to do some material for, or submitted work anywhere else? Like, is that something that would be fun for you to do? Right for before this. So this is a, when did, maybe January? What month is it? <laughs> it's May. Okay. It's May. That's good. Um, yeah. Around yeah. January, I actually went um, to LA and did a, uh, like a pilot for a show I was just writing for it and I got this opportunity through like a bunch of very serendipitous things happening um and ended up uh like the show the pilot went awesome it's more like a sizzle reel for a show so like we're trying to sell the show um someone in this production company fronted all the money for it because they believe in it so like it was amazing. I went in there so scared because, again, it's hard not to feel like a fraud when you're like, I'm a poker player ex-lawyer, but now I'm going to be a comedy writer today like with no background. Mm-hmm. Um, but then by the end of the day, I like super found my like confidence and just voice. And I was just like, this would sound better like this. If you edit it this way, this joke's a lot funnier. And I was like calling the shots in certain spots. And I was like, this is weird. That like, But I feel like very much like I, I don't know what it is, but like I can just tell when a joke is going to do well. Like if someone has a joke on Twitter, I'm like, ah, it would have been a lot funnier if they took out these words, made it shorter or did whatever. Like I'm, I feel very confident in my ability to like edit things down or just like turn a phrase a little bit and make it a little bit funnier. And so that's what I got to do in this place. And I just was like, I felt amazing afterwards. I was like, I really hope the show gets picked up. And then the world just ends. 
So this is the time about um, April and May was when they were going to shop it around to a bunch of different um, streaming services and the networks and see if they could get the show on. And right now, like nobody's doing anything. You can't. So I don't want to jinx it. And I, I can't really say too much more about it. But like I do have a shot coming up whenever the world gets normal again. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's the type of thing that stuff progresses, different different opportunities come. But those are yeah. I mean, that sounds like. It's one of those things that really could be a different stratosphere or, or get put into that, that kind of world, which it seems like a natural fit for you as well. I know uh, Matt Salzberg, uh, I don't know how well you know him, but he, yeah, he, we're good writes, he writes, uh, he did, or he, I'm not sure what he's doing now exactly. Is he still doing some weeds? Uh, yeah, weeds so weeds is over, but weeds is like his home run. Like it, when you talk about variance in poker, I think variance in Hollywood with like writing and acting, everything is way bigger. So like right. he did his home run, like his, his winning the WSP main event, like with weeds and, and just, got so much like acclaim for that and then now he's working on jim carrey's show called kidding um and i think um, i can't remember what season it's it might be season two of that so it got picked up again which is great for matt so um i'm sure he's busy with that um that that, what it's it's literally a show for jim carrey like a comedy show basically yeah it's like it's not really comedy it's like uh so the premise of it like jim carrey is working on the set of a children's show with all these like characters like kind of like a mr rogers neighborhood type thing but he's like a deeply depressed person and like has all these problems in his real life so it's not really a comedy it's like it's definitely really dark with like some comedic moment so i feel like this is probably a strain for salzburg who like is is more of a comic writer than anything else but um the show's doing well so and got picked up again so good for him i'll have to check that out yeah he i mean he's also someone he kind of went the other way where yeah he had the success and wrote this the show we i actually never seen it but i i, I have it is it, it's it's good i mean it's quality work i've only seen a few shows i really hope salzburg doesn't watch this because <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I only watched a few. I don't watch that much TV though. I feel like there's too much. Like same with billions. Like Brian Koppelman, one of my favorite people, one of the, like the best Twitter followers. Um, I watched one season of Billions, and I'm going to get around to watching the rest of it. But yeah. he'd probably be like, "Yo, what the hell, man?" Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that show either. I mean, I honestly don't. It's watch a good show. It. I just saw a few episodes of Tiger King, and I mean that you know, like that. that I don't know if you watch that, but like that's just wild. I mean, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. I really don't. I like the MJ Last Dance. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. That, that is masterful, and I I just saw two episodes. I'm on three, but it's like I'm like almost embarrassed, but in a way, it's like I, I try to justify like genuinely say like I'm busy, you know, like it's good to be busy, but it's like, it's like you can kind of gauge how busy someone is by like, if they've they've seen every show, they're telling you like, Oh yeah, this, and I've seen six seasons that I'm like, in my head, I'm like, really? Like I I haven't seen six episodes in two years of anything. (laughs) You've seen every show that is like, this is conversation about, but I I would like to, I mean, it's nice. It's cool, but it's a rabbit hole, right? It's the same thing. If I watch billions, I'm going to watch the whole, the whole, yeah, I'm gonna watch. I don't know how many hours or days is that. It's like you're talking about. Weeks. I think it's eight seasons or something. Yeah. Um, Survivor is the only show where I watch every. I've watched every single episode of it. I, I'm obsessed with it. It's like an awesome strategy I, game. I love it. Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones, and uh, maybe one other. I forget, but I, I saw that. I saw all those. I mean, Ooh. but yeah, it's different. TV is a. It's a rabbit hole. So. I don't know. It's um. What is there any other shows? Anything though? You say you haven't watched much. Is there anything you'd say is like a great watch that you've seen the last few years or movie? And that's a great question. 
I really am not the expert on this. I just don't watch that much TV. I'm, I'm starting to watch Westworld because multiple of the people that I think have like the best taste in my life, like my, like the friends I'd be like, that's a smart dude, have been like Westworld, watch Westworld. So I am on like th- three or four episodes of the first season. It's a really cool show. Uh, I just don't like, I'm not pumped to watch it the way that I am with Survivor. Yeah. Like, Survivor, we like make a fantasy draft and like, and I know a lot of the players now because they go to run up Reno. And so like, I know them off the show. So it's like super interesting watching them play the game on TV. Yeah. That makes more sense when you're, you're sort of, it's like you can relate or you like have, you have a bit of a bit of information. You're like predicting what's going to happen based on their abilities and stuff. So yeah, that, that, that makes sense. I saw one show, um, most of the first season called Fauda, F-A-U-D-A. Have you heard mm-hmm. of that? Mm-mm. Really good. Really, really good. It's what's like Israeli, Israeli intelligence stuff, but it's just okay. it's like kind of action. It's good. Like it was, I was mm-hmm. impressed. But um, if anyway. we run out of stuff to do, there's just so much stuff to do. Like we are like the most blessed people in all of quarantine. Just poker. There's always yeah. stuff to do poker. Like it, I have been promising myself I would study poker forever, and then it took a pandemic and having nothing to do. But I'm finally doing it. And like the longer that I'm shut in, the better I'm going to be at this game. And I just like have accepted that. That like there are ways to improve ourselves over here. It's kind of like people have said: if you get sent to prison, are you going to be the guy who comes out jacked? like ready to crush or you're going to be the guy who's like just sitting there waiting for time to pass. And I feel like I'm like choosing to be the jacked guy. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that's that's a good analogy. I agree. Yeah. It's uh, it's, 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 it is really up to you. You can make it what you want, but it's not really in the middle. I think it's, you're right. People either it's polarizing. You either really take it, take it advantage or you, you just don't. So that, that's, uh, that's it. But, um, all right. Well, so poker, you've done a lot. You've been a lot. Any, any uh any of these tournament runs or any anything in particular because I mean, you played you have a lot of you got a lot of results you've been playing a long time I mean, you've been playing live poker you have a ton of scores you know courtesy henna mob always kind of fun mm-hmm. to look back and, and look through is there any of these that were sort of like a, a breakout like or a big you know wsop main event that was you had some deep runs is there anything here that stands out like what's your most meaningful um sort of like tournament live run or what's something that like was just you're like, man, this is fun. I love, I love tournaments. This is like, wow. I would say like looking at my hand and mob, I would be surprised if I'm up more than like 50 grand in live tournaments. And I'm not even joking. Like I have just no amazing results. My, my happiest moment in poker ever was playing Omaha eight or better for the very first time at the Venetian. Um, and it's a two day tournament. They got a lot of runners and I won. I was learning the rules of the game as I played it. Um, yeah, that was like, was this? What year was that? Oh God, who knows? Uh, this one, this a long time ago. Yeah, it was like twenty six k or something. Um, I literally had to go in the bathroom and cry before coming back for my winner's photo because of how uh, how much I got away with that one. Like I was just tearing up from just like feeling so lucky and just like just super. I don't know. Like it was an overwhelming feeling. It was five in the morning when we finished it. So that had something to do with it too, but just feeling just so lucky and like happy and like grateful. My friends convinced me to play the tournament. They're like, it'll be fun. We'll take half. And I was like, sure. And like, I drive there and like max rate late regit after busting a, a Binion's like four max tournament that I was at. That was my favorite moment in poker. I just had never felt just like uh, winning is so much fun and everything that comes along with like my friends were railing me at five in the morning. Um, the winner photo where I'm holding, I can't even hold four cards. I don't even know how to do it. I have two, I have them like they're two no limit. Hands. <laughs> that's, that, you know, that is cool. That's fun. That, it's amazing stuff like that too. Like new games or formats or those kind of moments where you like, weren't going to play, you would never play, but someone 
kind of spurs you to go or some random reason you do something and it, and it, and it just goes like that. That is, mm-hmm. uh, that is cool. And I see you actually recently after that, you had a deep run at the Borgata, which has got to be cool. Cause that's a uh, Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know, maybe I'm looking at the wrong, was that what, was a $3,300 WPT somewhere? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. WPT is like, I got 12th in one, this um, for like 44k or something like that. And that was like the, the biggest sweat I ever had. I just like first was like 800 K and I could just feel it or to two six handed tables. And I was like, this could happen. Um, and then I, with my last like 17 big ones, I ran eights into tens and that was the end of that dream. But then it's really crazy how like certain tournaments can just like repeat themselves. It was maybe the next year I got 22nd in the same tournament. I just got a bunch of chips and I just like really believed I was going to get back there. I had like certain hands I misplayed in the, the, 12th place finish and I was like I'm not gonna let this happen again I'm not gonna wuss out I'm gonna put that triple barrel in and all this and when I was there I actually felt like it was gonna happen and then 22nd again like another heartbreaking these fields are 1100 people yeah. um but also yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Amazing. That's, what that's what I'm saying like you know you start talking about whatever you at some point when you know you know how to play poker you know how to finish you know how what what good hands are your two tables six-handed and it's just like you're in your backyard as well, right? New Jersey. It's like kind of cool that I'm sure AC played a ton at before God over the years and, yeah. and whatever. It's just like, it's just like a wild, right? You talk about 1200 people down at 12. I mean, you're, you just yeah. put that field down by, you know, uh, a zillion percent. And now it's like a new tournament, like 17 mm-hmm. blinds with 12 left. It's like anything you could happen. Anyway, people are winning with four blinds, win. blinds. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's just such a huge difference in, in, uh, and, and payouts and stuff in these spots. And that's, what's so crazy about, and that's also why I think tournaments are so powerful because you can really at any given day, you could just, you, you could win. And if you play 10 years, 20 years of tournaments, you know, you might win the main event, you might win, you know, $600 tournament, but like whatever, it's like, things are going to shift. Like it's good. You're going to put yourself in these opportunities and you go deep and then you do other things along the way. And then, I mean, look at Matt Salzberg. He won the WPT, I think Paris, like he came on and won player of the year for WPP, yeah. like, which is, I mean, it's a yeah. testament that he's a smart guy, obviously a lot of luck with that to just come in mm-hmm. and get that done. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, you can but really looking do at my hand in like, I, this is where whenever I'm a little bit bored of like grinding online or I'm bored of like putting in so many hours um, of like two, five and five, 10. When I look at this, it makes me feel like I'm doing the right things. So I'm just like, I can't, like, I look at a lot of stuff and some of these have been very heartbreaking, like getting 10th place at six in the morning at Borgata event, like we're versus 200 K. I, I just driving home feeling absolutely miserable. And then I'm, I'm like, I'm never miserable online. Like, cause there's never a swing between 200 K and 10 K not usually anyway. And like, I'm usually playing for tournaments that have five or 10 K up top it's not going to like fix my life or like be incredibly life-changing to win those. So then your emotions just don't get the better of you when you don't win. And same thing with cash sessions live. Like I just feel like I go there and it feels very close to a real job. Um, and I'm just like playing and I am, I'm, I'm never too high or too low. And like you go and you like, if you make your buy-in or two for the day, it's just a good feeling. Like you put in work and you're doing the right thing. Like live tournaments, man. I, I just, uh, I have like PTSD from some of the runs. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, Caribbean living. That's the second time <laughs> this happened yesterday. I was doing this, this thing for choker, this new game and mm-hmm. mid commentary. It's like first ever broadcast match to this game. They've been working on just like literally did testing, whatever, four minutes in just 
full full out. So I don't know. We had the same uh, the last Keep the Lights on stream. I haven't had an internet problem because I'm in Vegas. Dinner's good um, yeah. for months. And Cox decided to just do at 4 p.m. some kind of like overhaul of their service. I'm like, why at 4 p.m.? And it cuts out, and I have to go on my hotspot, and I'm like blinding out of a bunch of tournaments that I'm playing for charity. I'm like, oh my god. And yeah, and also I sounded like I was broadcasting through a potato for the whole rest of the stream. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I apologize. I think it must've just kept running here. So oh, okay. <laughs> they were back, but I was going to say it was pretty good transition. I wanted to take questions now, but I also just quickly do want to touch on Twitch. I think I was saying basically, yeah, the difference between online and live, like online, it's a little more convenient. Like you say, you could lose 20, 30 tournaments or have a bad run. It's like a day you mm-hmm. can get back and shake it off live. If you did that 20 or 30 bad runs, it's, pretty emotional. Plus, like you said, driving home, you got to go to a hotel, you got to eat your food, you got to drive, usually you got or fly. A long drive home like, after, after getting like tense and something is yeah. just like the worst feeling. <laughs> I think, you know, it's uh, part of it is uh, good for, for, well, there's lessons to be learned. It's part of the experience and the grind, but you know, at some point as you get, you know, more your relationship, a family, other commitments, other things, and time is more precious. You start, that becomes less appealing to, be doing these, you know, some of the, some of the fun of poker to me was the, the experience too, of like going dry, flying to places for the first time, getting to know a hotel, getting to know the food, yep. you got your friends there. So there's stuff to it, but like, you know, now as a want to be more or less of all that for me now, especially with yeah. a one-year-old. And I mean, you're, you're, so you, you're, you said you live with your, you live with your boyfriend or. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we've been together like six years now or something. Um, and yeah, it was really funny because we got crouton, uh, like a year and a half into our relationship. And I'm, I'm like a, not, not like a commitment phobe, but just a realistic person where I'm like, okay, I've been in relationships and none of them have like been forever. So I just, you know, did the math <laughs> and was thinking, what's the chance that this new one will, but a year and a half into it, we went and adopted Crouton from a shelter. So it's like, we kind of both admitted that we we're just going to be with each other for a long time. So it's been That's- going good. That's awesome. And and so you have been doing the stream. What how how do you enjoy Twitch streaming? Is this something you think you would like to do more of, less of? Is it fun um, to do once in a while? Like what, what are Once you, in a while. It's not my thing. Like I would do it for charity, um, but that's pretty much it. And I enjoy doing like uh I like doing commentary on Twitch more than almost any other platform because you get to interact with the audience a lot and sometimes right. they're really funny and like they are entertaining to uh to read all their messages and stuff um but no i think streaming on twitch i think people are you know i'm amazed by people who can do it on the regular i think it's very draining it's really hard because you know from like playing online poker there is that state where you're just like i'm doing this this is gonna work i can't explain it i'm I'm triple barreling this hand against this guy and when you're talking and you're trying to explain it to other people you might look like a moron like the thing you know is gonna work is not explainable and i felt like i was playing abc poker when i was on twitch because i i was like afraid of doing something that would appear stupid and that i couldn't justify and i feel like i like just being in my office with my screens up and just thinking and you don't have to justify anything you could try certain things i think on twitch it's really hard to have the confidence to do that yeah i mean there's times too it's you know it's funny because same thing. I'll be in a spot where I just know I'm beat, but I know like GTO, you just can't fold. And it's tough. Yeah. Cause then it's like when you fold, you get berated. <laughs> you get berated, but you just actually don't necessarily, you won't know almost always. Right. Unless you know the person or whatever, but then also, you know, 
it's just like it's funny because or if you check back and you're wrong and it's like you think you were beat but you weren't and you don't like think you're, you're like yeah. you're gonna get absolutely just cra- just crushed i actually my favorite part of twitch happened recently i had a spot where i was playing and um i i bet full i bet folded to dario sammartino i need to put this tweet out because i had the clip and all this stuff made up but basically what happened was i bet folded a straight the board paired and a backdoor flush got there or the flush got there. I think yeah, backdoor. And I had a I had a straight draw, flush draw, and a paired board. I've led the turn. Okay, I mm-hmm. made my straight on the river. So like the backdoor flush came, but my straight was there, a gut shot. And mm-hmm. I I I had, a, I had a flush draw with the gut shot. I bet and got raised big. It was the 10K Poker Masters event too, which mm-hmm. adds to the the intensity of it all, right? Because like yeah, you know, you know are. you're scared or you know you're not playing or whatever. So I bet fold. And I already can feel hot. Like as I bet and get raised, I already know like I'm like, this is a nightmare. Like this is actually my nightmare of yep. streaming. So I end up folding and I'm getting just pers- like just just crushed. Like the whole, you know, I have to turn on subscriber only mode. People are losing <laughs> shit. Guys are chatting shit. You're the worst. Like if you fold, one guy says if you if you were if you were right, I'll eat my shoe. So that sparred me, that sparred me to Message Dario San Martino, who was actually on the podcast recently, and you know, like, I know so I'm like, oh, just I don't care. I need to know whatever. Yeah. Bluff me, not bluff me. Just send me the hand because like uh, there's a guy, whatever. He sent. We want to watch the guy eat his show. Yeah, he had the nut flush, so he had me beat, and uh, he showed me, sent me it. I put up a uh, command, put the thing in there, and then like an hour later, the guy whispered, "My moderator goes to Ben Marco, and he was licking French, t- just French kissing his shoe, <laughs> a nasty shoe, wearing a Michigan State hat too, which is That's all the better because I'm Michigan fan." It was beautiful, but like those are, you know, like that. And so now we have a command just called like chat pros, you know? So it's like, listen, everyone calm down. You're not always right. And, you know, sometimes you got to remember that. That's the tough part of Twitch though. You have to have a thick skin. Um, You either have to be the best player in the world or you have to have a thick skin because like if Phil Ivey starts streaming on Twitch, people is like, whatever he does is great. You know, like there's, there's that. But if you're a regular dude or a woman who's just like, a pretty good poker player or whatever like you're yeah. gonna get the chat pros unless you're like the proven best player in the world and i think that's hard for some people to deal with especially if you already have some insecurity about poker if you're like oh, i'm a little bit of a nit then when you're like making a fold that you feel is the right fold you have that in your head and you have the chat in your head and you're like Ugh, it's yeah. tough it's a lot too there's there's you know twitch adds a adds an element too about like the deep runs and all that too so it's like you i think naturally kind of push towards like the, the further you get the better it is the better the numbers the better the whatever right so it's like there's certain times where it's like oh i'm supposed to jam 20 bigs on this open and the hijack with queen jack and, the, so you and, the and you're like ah, i could just mm-hmm. wait for a better spot and then you're just sort of naturally going to be get deeper but get shorter and not have a you know so it's like it's like a fine fine line it's a very mm-hmm. it's, it's a formula it's very tricky but it's it's fun we, um, we have a guest a special guest right now hold on crew time everybody Sorry, you, we need to at least have one minute of crouton. Come here, buddy. Come here. He's he's entering the room. Ah, oh, this is as good as we'll get. Let me get out of the way. How 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 old is he? He is four and a half. That's it. He's like sure. I'll wow. be in your show. Very well behaved. Very 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 good manners yeah. there. 
this. He's a nice dude. He's a he's like the perfect grind dog. Where if I'm in the office playing for 12 hours, he's in the office laying here for 12 hours. He's got <laughs> he's got he's got some support. That's great. Yeah, he looks uh, he looks very comfortable, and, yeah. and he knows he knows you're he knows you're in the middle of something important. He doesn't want to doesn't yeah. want to interrupt you. So that's great. Well, let's let's uh let's let's hit some of these questions because we do have a lot, and I want to try to go through at least a good chunk of them. So let's just kind of uh, not rapid fire. But we'll just we'll scroll through and you know go. Just give you what comes to mind. Um, is there anything else you want to cover before we hit the questions? Anything else to look at? You got your Twitter, Instagram. You guys can check our Henna Mob out. Again, Jamie is doing the with the pledge here to keep the lights on. She will be – when is your next streams coming up? Do you have a schedule posted? Um, schedule? Friday. This coming Friday. I think it's the 15th. Yeah, 15th at 2 p.m. Pacific. Awesome. Okay. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's dive in here. So um, Great Bluff is actually a female poker player. Mary, I – Ask some great questions. She wants to know what's the hardest thing about being a poker, a female poker player for you specifically. What do you think? Is there something hard for you? Um, that's a good question. I feel like it's, I'm like smooth sailing lately. I'm, I'm happy with like, I, I don't get treated too poorly. I think people are generally nice to me. I think I get some good opportunities and stuff. I think entering poker was very hard. I think the barrier to entry for new female players is hard because people starting out already feel like, like when you sit at the table for the very first time, even knowing like where to buy chips or like how it worked, how to get your name on a list, you already feel like you're out of place. And then when you're a female, everyone is kind of looking at you because they're just like, you don't play here. I would have noticed you. Who are you? And and like, that's rough at first. Yeah. It's sort of, they're fascinated in a way, almost like, cause they are, they know that whether or not they, it should be weird or not. They, they just know that it's like uncomfortable a bit probably for the person. So like, they're just almost like, how, how is she going to react? How is she going to handle yeah. herself? Like it's hard to already it. feel out of place and then have people notice that you're new and just like want to find out your story. Uh, like that's why online poker was really cool. Like you can just be anonymous and, and learn how to play without dealing with any of that. For sure. Um, Darrell here asks what turned you into an animal lover uh, in particular anything? Or you just always had a, uh, my mom, for sure. We were like borderline hippies. Like she'd be the person who's like, there's a bug in the house. Can you put him outside? Wow. <laughs> so we just like cut the bug and put him outside. And like, there was just, you don't hurt anything. Don't kill anything. And like, we always had spoiled pets at home. So. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, who do you enjoy? Uh, let's see. I think this, I have anything. Who do you enjoy doing commentary with the most? Is there, who do you just feel like when you're tandemed with, it's just like easy. Uh, fun or most comfortable if you this had is where to hurt people's feelings ah <laughs> uh, that's a really good question i um i need one second i really i mean i really did enjoy being with lon and norm and i know that some people like don't like that whole combo um because like the gto people want the serious commentary at all times i think they're just so funny i think like lon is one of the like, genuine like kindest people and then norm is just so funny and norm is very good at taking heat like i can just completely thrash him with sarcasm and stuff and he's like good for you um so i i like that combo and uh i just can't pick out any of the other people that i work with because i'll end up i'll just say that the worst person to commentate with is david tuckman the the worst the worst all right there we go all right there it is no cut uh, so I'm talking a bunch of shit. There you go. <laughs> All right. We got it. You heard it first. Um, your dog's name Crouton, right? And they're asking how long have you had her? It's a her or him? It's a him. Um, I've had him for, from the beginning. It's about four and a half years. Very cool. Uh, favorite tournament you've ever played? 
Wow, that's a good question. Um, it's the main event. It's just too easy. The main event is unlike any other tournament. And every single time, no matter how jaded you are about poker, everyone is hyped to play that event. So, yep. Uh, do you have a best friend poker player? Oh, that's a cute question. I'll say I have to shout out Jen Shahadi. Um, we live so far apart now, so we don't get to see each other as much. And she has a, a child, so her priorities have shifted a lot. She can't really travel as much. But I think um, I would still consider her one of my best friends and probably the person that I admire most in poker for the way that she goes about it, the way she like lives her life and, and balances all the chess stuff and family and, and everything. Very cool. And she's, she's still playing a lot of, a lot of, she's a very great chess player, right? That's her like, oh, dude, she, yeah, she's written two chess books. She was, uh, I, I don't know all the titles in chess, but she was like the USA female chess champion, like two years. I don't know. I forget what it was called, but yeah, right. she's a boss. That's, that's my understanding as well. Um, so started, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of women men kind of covered this stuff, plan on streaming. You do have a stream doing it for charity right now uh oh yeah i love this favorite ritual or what just what's your pregame online deal when you're getting ready to grind what do you meditate do you work out do you like to have good food go for like what's your sort of routine i like just walking i think uh i i really especially vegas i mean it is so nice in the morning and late at night so going just for a long walk going for a couple miles um i'll like call especially now when like it's hard to see anyone. That's when I'll make phone calls and just like talk to my mom, my grandma, or like any friends that I haven't talked to in a while. And just like maybe for like 40 minutes or an hour, that's what I do before I sit down to play. Very nice. And where do you see yourself? This is a live question here on YouTube. Uh, Where do you see yourself in two years with poker or actually yeah, in poker particularly. Yeah, that's like, it's really funny. I don't know if you're like this too, or maybe you've changed since starting a family. I just don't plan ahead that much. Um, so I really don't know. I, I just know that I am so much more committed to playing after uh, starting studying a lot more than I've been in a long time. So even if like that writing thing works out, I'm still going to be like heavy into poker whenever I can. Very nice. Um, can you give me the top five of the best female poker players today? Who, in your opinion, are some of them? It doesn't have to be five. Name some names. Yeah, that's tough. Um, Chrissy B. Uh, Chrissy B is a slam dunk. Uh, she's just crushing. She's also just like the most pleasant human. I'm like, how are you so good at poker? Like this cutthroat game. And she's just like smiling. And I don't know. Um, I would say Chrissy, uh, Lonnie Harwood's just been good forever. I don't even really know. Like, I don't know if she studies or if it's like a live read thing or whatever. Um, but I got to give her some credit. And then I am waiting for Kate Hall to come back. I like, she just crushed it from the beginning. I know she's had a lot of, um, a lot of issues, just various like health and, and mental and everything. Um, but I just think she's like one of the smartest people I've met. And that if she came back to poker um, at any time, she, she could just study and pick it back up and be one of the best. Yeah. There's, there's you know, obviously in the, in the history of the game too, just like Vanessa Selps was one of the big time crushers. She hasn't, she's now, I guess David, they adopted her, she, her and her partner are, you know, she, I don't think she's really playing much poker. Maria Ho's had a ton of success recently, but there's a. I always yeah. forget Maria, but only because she does so many other things well yeah. that I discount the poker playing, but that's like unfair because she has had some really good runs. And I think she also started taking her game more seriously over the last couple of years. And I think she's gotten just much better. So she definitely deserves a spot in the list. It's tough when you start naming too many people, because then I start feeling like I'm leaving people out instead of highlighting the best people. 
Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not trying. I'm just in my off the mm-hmm. top of my head. I think like Chrissy B at the currently you can't really. I mean, it's in, it's crazy too online. Like I'll I'll be watching her or on you know I'll be in a random uh, when I'm playing online and I'll look over and like the end of the day and some of the bigger buy-ins and she's just mm-hmm. like heads up or three-handed like consistently yeah. or wins a tournament for like a hundred K on YouTube because she, um, she does the deflecting and stuff that like we're kind of forced to do. That's like a kind of going uh, in line with some of the like women in poker questions. I was watching her WPT cash game on TV and they kept being like, Oh man, you're, you know, you're a lucky girl. She's like, I'm just so lucky. Like she kept doing that. And I'm like, you're ravaging everyone. You're not lucky. Like, yes, it's lucky to win a flip here and there, but like every hand in between, she's just doing everything perfectly, but she's going, Oh, I'm just so lucky. Everyone says I'm so lucky. I'm like, get out of here. (laughs) Right. No, she's, she's, uh, she does have that. um, She she just has that way of being, she, she's, she's very humble and and Mm -hmm. part of her success. Like, you know, I'm sure obviously her and Alex Fox and, are a uh, power couple within poker. Alex is like number one GPI player and they're playing all the high stakes. I'm sure they're, they're discussing a lot and mm-hmm. she's, she's got some tricks. There's no question about it. She knows, she knows a couple things uh, that I don't think us mortal poker players know, but she's out. She's in a different, she's in the sorcery club. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So that was an interesting question. Not, you're not married. You've been in a relationship six years. That's a mm-hmm. question here. Six year relationship. Yeah, mine's the marriage thing. I, it goes along with the whole, like, the whole being in front of a lot of people, center of attention thing. I don't, I'm not into the whole wedding thing. Even going like my little brother just got married uh, a little over a year ago. I love being at his wedding. Cause I got to just be like a bridesmaid and hang out and have fun and like celebrate them. And I just kept thinking if I was in that spot where everyone's like focused on you the whole entire, entire time, I wouldn't enjoy it at all. Like I don't want it. <laughs> so, but so are you saying you would you don't see yourself getting married or you, you don't it's just you would rather not go through that process or it's just like one of those things it's not basically you're not saying you're like oh i, I i'm dying to have a wedding basically right it's not that important to me at all like it's like an afterthought if like if chris was like dying to get married i would do it um if ever it was like financially uh a good idea if we wanted to have a kid i would do it but i i just don't see the appeal and i know that makes me super weird because my friends are just like but I had a guy, random guy at the poker table one day, ask me all these personal things. And I told him I was dating Chris. This was like last year. I was like for five years. And he goes, oh, don't worry. Like one day he'll ask you. And I was like, oh, like, I don't want to get married. But it's like very weird that everyone just assumes like girls are just dying to be asked. Yeah, it's true. It's Miss, crazy. Miss We're all different. Not all females are the same. At the same time, if Chris is watching or ends up watching this, or can just maybe, you know, if, if you get proposed to tomorrow, we can say maybe he was just scared. Well, maybe. I don't, I, yeah. We communicate. I, I just go, I don't care. I don't know. Seems like a big, a big spend on something that's like not that important to me, at least. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think it's, uh, I think it's a, it's, it's also a lot, I think it's less common now and less, I'm not, I'll say this, not, not just to give you a little insight on my, for wedding stuff with, with mm-hmm. we did, we actually kind of went that route as well. Cause my wife is Brazilian. Her family is all in Brazil and you know, grandparents, older, like didn't want to have make everyone come over here. And then I actually felt kind of guilty because where she lives and where we were doing it in Brazil, I didn't really want to do like a destination wedding mm-hmm. to Brazil. We were doing over Christmas. So I didn't want to have everyone like fly yeah. to this, like, small town in brazil and like do this wedding and have people yeah, you come didn't want to be high there. maintenance yeah like, and then i just saw i mean we did one but it was very low key and i i also don't feel the need to have like the because honestly weddings 
then listen, more power to you. It's great. You know, go over to the top, do a cool celebration. You won't forget whatever. But a lot of times, like most of the feedback and I understand from weddings is a lot, it's a lot of work that you actually don't really get to enjoy. It's very stressful. costs a lot of money. You don't really get to spend time with the people you want to spend time with. You have like, it's like a formality. And then it ends up like, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you actually really break it all down. I mean, there's scenarios where it can, and I'm sure, you know, it's great to have a big wedding and do a thing. I'm just, if it's your dream, there are people where it's like their dream. They've been planning it. I'm like, go for it. I have things that are my dreams that are expensive, like the pit bull rescue. Right. I would rather put 20k towards that than to toward a wedding or whatever. And like, yeah. that's my dream. And that might sound crazy to people. They're like, why do you want to do that? So you know, yeah. it's their own. Yeah, but I mean, that, that's exact. I think that's that's the important thing to understand too. It's 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 what's important for you or someone else. Everyone has different different reasons or, or whatever. And that's fine. Right. Like it doesn't matter. It's not right or wrong. And I think that's, that's actually the more important sort of takeaway. I think is that it's not right or wrong. You know, people yeah. are too many, too much, like what's right. You're supposed to get married. You're supposed to have yeah. kids. You're supposed to do this. Like, no, like poker helps with that though. Right. Like uh, yeah. this path that we took is a very non-traditional path. And then I feel like once I like unlock that where I was like, okay, I'm on this really weird life path. You can ch- make all your choices. You know, you don't have to do what everyone else is doing. And like, that's a good feeling. Just be like, okay, I'm expected to do this, but I don't, that's not important to me. I don't want to. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I couldn't agree more. Uh, what's your favorite hobby outside of poker? God, the funny thing is, is like, once you start studying a lot, there are no other hobbies. Um, <laughs> but in general soccer, I'm going to really miss soccer. If the, if sports don't come back the same that they used to, if like people are afraid of touching each other, sweating on each other and all that, like I will really miss playing soccer. That's some of the most fun each summer. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I don't know what's going on with, with everything. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I think it's uh, a lot more, it's going to be a lot longer than everyone thinks for these type of things. You know, I don't think it's just like, Oh, in like a month or two, things are just going to be like, whatever. Yeah, I think it's, uh, we're in this one for the long haul. Yeah, it could be a, it could be a very, and it'd be weird, like playing a mat, playing soccer with masks on and stuff like her. Like <laughs> yeah, we like, you have to breathe, right? Yeah, that'd be, that would be very tricky. All right. So we had someone asking about sports as well. So we've already kind of answered that soccer is definitely played in college and, mm-hmm. and your thing, you guys, there's some footage of, uh, us from the world cup USA getting it done for the, the, uh, the summer, I think what two time champs and yep. been to the finals a bunch as well. I think we could, honestly, I feel like if we don't win, I, our team should be winning generally. Right. I think we actually, there's some people that are, uh, that are good at soccer that didn't, uh, that don't even play like, or didn't know that this goes on or who I was talking to Brad Owen, who apparently played in college or something. And he, oh, wow. he, like, he didn't even know about that really like how this worked. I was like, excuse me. excuse me me. mask on thank you um but yeah so it's like i it's it's fun and it's a it's great exercise and yeah who knows when this will come back hopefully it's it's what would be your next sport if it wasn't soccer what's your second running i like i kind of put it down for a little while because i i had run like uh six marathons and you know it's a little tougher on your body as you're getting older like it hurt my feet a little bit and my recovery was getting longer and longer so I kind of put down the like long distance running for a while, but I really miss it. I think it's like meditation. You really like, if you're out for like a 10 mile run, I used to not even bring my phone, not even bring music. And it was just like that. I have a very busy brain. Like I don't, yeah. I don't chill out easily. So for me, that was like enforced chilling out. You really can't think about anything. Yeah. It's, that's uh that's definitely a good way to, to kind of let loose and then just get, get, 
get everything, the endorphins going and whatnot. Do you play PLO five? Do you play any other mixed games besides? Uh, I've, I play a little bit of, Oh, eight and a little bit of PLO whenever there's like little tournaments, I'll, I'll buy into like $50 tournaments on, uh, online, but no, I don't really, I'm still trying to get good at the two card game. You know, that's always <laughs> my answer. It's like, this, this game's so intense that people, mm-hmm. you got to understand there's a lot going on in, in these games. Um, what was I saw is, do you have an idol in poker? Is there anyone you really look up to or that you, you know, watch growing up on TV or just really, well, I would say all my idols have like completely fallen from grace. Like you have to feel the same way when we were like coming into poker. I used to think Annie Duke and Howard Letterer because their sister and brother were Mm -hmm. so cool because my little brother and I played a lot and I was like, wow, I want to be like them. So, you know, maybe I'm not the best judge of character, but now uh, I can't control that. Yeah. yeah, Galfond and Jungleman are two sides of like the, you know, they're, they're two completely different sides of the spectrum, but I think they're both hilarious. Like watching them shit talk each other is like awesome. So yeah, I think I got some new idols now. Yeah. Those, those are, you can't really beat that. That's, that's quality stuff. Those, what they're doing jungles on a, he's just another, (laughs) another, another world. Um, what skills are needed to become a commentator? Um, I think, well, let, let me start with what I'm weak at. I think the, the analyzing poker part like, is a very important skill so that you're not giving people the wrong information. Um, I think like for, for what I like to listen to, I like to listen to people who are like entertaining. I don't like the very dry, like analytical only commentary. So I would say um, having some good storytelling, having like a really strong footing in poker so that you know background of people. Like if I'm commentating on you, I'll be like, oh, Jeff just came off a win at the World Cup of Vegas. Well, like just being very entrenched in poker um, and just having a sense of humor for me. That's the kind of stuff I like to listen to. And so like that's what I'm going for when I'm trying to commentate. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, your favorite poker room is there, what's your favorite place online? Let's say, I don't know, over the course of your career where you started or what, what, where, where, what's a special room in your heart? It was full tilt. So that I used to just run super good on full tilt. And, uh, I liked the software even you'll see on two months, two million, they're always playing on full tilt. And I was getting these like pangs of like nostalgia where I was like, ah, like I want to stack the fluffy dog icon right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was, they did, that software was, I mean, that was, it was the best during those times of playing. It was, uh, it was, it was really fun to play online back in the day. Um, so full tilt, what about what, if you play, if you were out of the country, where would you be playing? Do you think right now, if you were like in general on what, what's like your understanding of the better rooms? I mean, I don't know. I I'm so out of that world. Um, Oh, I mean, party poker, obviously. No, I would say party though. Party was good to me. Like when I was a party New Jersey pro, I had a great time and they were a really good company. They were not a pain in the ass to work for. And the times that they were like the times that I had to do stuff that they were like last minute, Hey, can you do this social event for like winners of this contest? And I would always say, yeah, because I felt very grateful to have that sponsorship. Then they would just reward me. Like they wouldn't offer anything. They would wait till I do it. And then be like, you're going to Venice. Thanks for the spending your weekend doing this work. They were a really good company. And like, I really wish that we could play on it in, in Nevada. I hope eventually. Yeah. I think it, it's going to, I think it will be, it looks, I think sooner than later, but we'll see. I mean, who knows? maybe honestly the COVID stuff, it's possible that things spur up or, or things change a bit. Cause it's like, I think, you know, who knows, like this thing hopefully goes blows through, but if it yeah. doesn't and it, things don't get back to normal or if it does and like, imagine this happens again in two years or three years, like, you know, yeah. at some point this, it's good to have sort of backup situations. And I think 
this is one that out of all the industries and all different things, this is like a pretty makes sense solution where you could actually say, well, if we were online, um, you know, things could be a little different or it would be a little easier to, uh, to have everything organized. But, um, let's see, let's take a couple more here. Easy. A lot of women questions, uh, biggest cooler. Is ever a hand you ever had like a really sick hand in a big spot that you just got really like nasty, like Royal to a quad. I had one real painful one because, uh, anytime that I'm playing on like live, big cash games I always just like those are my gambles in life like I'll like play super good bankroll management for a long time and then Poker Night America will be like 25 50 100 no limit and I'm like I'm putting my money into this because usually the lineups are great so I'm in a ladies night where I have most of my own action I'm up like I don't know three thousand four thousand dollars something like that and it's a ladies night and Randall Emmett shows up and wants to take an empty seat and we're all like okay like that sounds fine it was a, it was a ladies night and he got yeah. in there Oh, yeah, wow. we all just said sure. Like the yeah. season, he sits down. Um, he calls. I ended up getting, I think thirty or thirty five percent of my stack in with aces pre flop. He just flats and he has like jack eight suited, flops the flush draw and just stacks me for thirteen k. We just get it in on the flop, and I think that was the sickest I've ever felt. It like ruined my whole night. We had like plans to get drinks over and after, and I remember just feeling like stunned because there's like 10 minutes left in the night where I'm booking a good win in a game where I'm gambling too big with my own money. And I just like walked out of there feeling so stunned. I didn't think I could even feel like that again. I thought that was like left way behind from the beginning of my poker career. But I just like walked out of there being like, what just happened? I lost all my money to Randall Emmett on ladies night. <laughs> that's uh that is pretty dramatic. Um, yeah. That's geez. Well, yeah, it's, at least you got in good. You know, it's not like you put, put and, you, and you've got your <laughs> money in before the flop good and not at the, yeah. at the time. Um, someone's asking, what's it like working as a writer for Doug Polk? Oh, that was good. I, surprisingly, like I think his public persona that he puts out there is kind of being like a hard ass. Like he's like, Oh, whatever. He's so sarcastic. And like, he's actually like a very nice person to work for. Um, And he's like, just recently I had to take on a lot more responsibility. Um, We're doing a lot more work. And so he sets me up. He's like, Hey, do you want to just do a lot more work and get paid more? I'm like, okay. I think a lot of people will just go, let's just see how long I can ride this out paying this person and like having her do more stuff. He is just, and he also gives me a lot of credit where you would think I don't know. I think he comes across as having like a big ego and being like this tough guy and stuff. And I, I just don't think he really is in real life. Yeah, I, I say this all the time with Doug. I, I, he's uh, he's very polarizing. Obviously he's got a style that likes to sort of spur up stuff and cause uh, controversy. Yeah, he's a yeah. well, I mean, whatever, but that's a, that's a very popular style with media and stuff. And he's and smart. YouTube, guy. Sure, yeah. doing, but I mean, I've, I've Doug, I've talked to before, um, in spots and he'll, you know, he, he's very honest. He actually, in getting into YouTube, he gave me a lot of good pointers and feed, mm-hmm. feedback. And actually one of the reasons I wanted to get into it, or when I actually, when I say when I was first got into doing videos, I was, I was at a world series event, like a 1500. It was July, 20, June, 2017. I just started maybe a week or two in a guy came up to me and was like, man, you know, I love, uh, I, I had my video out. I was doing like the, at the table kind of walking over. And I thought he was gonna say, I love your Twitch or your stuff. He's like, mm-hmm. you know, I it's like, do you know, Doug Polk? He's like, you know, that's the reason I'm here. I watch his YouTube videos. Wow. I haven't played poker in two years. And that's when I realized, I was like, man, like this content and these type of things, people are watching. It does help mm-hmm. the game and it's important. So, you know, the Doug's, you know, in terms of eyeballs and poker, you, you can't argue his YouTube and what he's, he's gotten a lot. People watch his stuff and 
and yep. uh, like I, them or don't I like them. Credit too, because I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I want to get more women into this and that, or like, yeah, women are equal or whatever. It didn't hurt his ego when someone said, you should have Jamie Wright for you, you're not funny anymore. That would hurt. Like someone who has an ego issue would just be like, you're telling me some girl should write my jokes? Like, screw you. Instead, he's just like, oh yeah, she could probably help. Cool. And and like has always treated me like very respectfully. And I, I think that that is something that if I was on the outside looking in and, and his friend group and stuff, I wouldn't expect that. So like that was a nice eye-opening thing. This is, yeah, it's cool. And uh, this is a, a strange word. I don't, I don't, maybe it's inappropriate. I don't even know what it means, but basically three people. And I don't know who this one is. So it's, well, Mike Dentelli, I know. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I know. I saw that one come across. Because what does snog mean? It's, I've never heard I that word. I think that means like to, you know, do. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a slang word. So, so yeah, that, okay. So, well, whatever. Mary avoid, like, give me, I guess just give me your thoughts. Are, are these three people random or do you have any, do you have any I like, it's very small. So I see Dentali. Who else we got? William Kasuf and uh, <laughs> Slay Abides. Oh, okay. Slayer. Luke Vrabel. Um, oh, that's Luke, that's Luke Vrabel. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're killing Kasuf. That's like super easy. That dude would drive me crazy because if I don't kill him, I end up killing myself. I don't right. really want to do that. Crouton would be very sad. Okay. Um, <laughs> I guess we just snogged Dentali because I couldn't marry Dentali. He would also, he's a huge animal lover. We'd have a lot of animals together, but I think we would fight every day. Slay of okay. Luke Vrabel is like the perfect amount of crazy. I could definitely marry Luke Vrabel. We would have a very interesting life. Wow. Really interesting question. I'm just ended up being uh, very informative. I, I like that. Nice work there from Paul Romain. Um, and let's take a uh, uh, favorite poker player. Let's let's oh, actually, no, I want two more questions. So one is who wins Galfund and Falcons versus owl, the owl man uh, jungle. Who do you, who do you have getting that done? I got Falcons. Come on. We're challenging Falcons at his best game. I think people are just handing Phil Galfond money. <laughs> I, it's, it, it, I mean, Jungle's theory is interesting. He thought that he was toying with Benny Vitti, that he drove it up just to come back yep. and take him back. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Uh, pretty amazing. That was a while. I mean, honestly, that how it, it does feel scripted almost. Like, it's just too crazy yeah. of a situation, but very <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Who, who's your favorite poker player? And then we're going to do a $55 retweet giveaway from your and my favorite my site. Favorite. I don't want words in your mouth, but from Party Poker, we're going to take uh, $55. Oh, um, right, give me your favorite poker player. God, I would say Shulman. I know he's supposed to be everyone's favorite uh, commentator, but I think poker player too. I just think he's like got such a chill aura about him that if I were playing, like if I was playing in Bobby's room, I'd be thrilled to hang out with Shulman while he's playing. Cause he's just like, you know, some of the people, they're big personalities. They talk all the time. Yeah. He's not like that. He's like the guy, he's like silent Bob. Right. From uh, clerks where he'll, he'll like say something funny when he has something funny to say. And otherwise he's just kind of like, yeah, just like like back for sure it's a good it's a good style so all right well we have uh we have covered a ton i think i other than the internet cut everything was very smooth and uh i enjoyed getting to know you better uh your your career and, and also i hope at home you guys got your questions answered this will be up on various outlets as uh podcasts that you can listen to in audio and then of course we did the video live here on youtube and jane we're gonna give a 55 dollar ticket away so Cool. On your command, on your request, your behalf, we're gonna we're gonna load that up. So you tell me when someone's going to win a fifty five dollar ticket. Just tell you when, like ready. Yeah. Go. Boom. Oh, that's not it. I see with two things now: the internet cut, 
did two things wrong. It's uh, it's hard. It's just not easy. Let me copy this. See if this works again. Tweet draw. So you got to tell me again. Tell me when. All right, ready? Go. That's not it either. This has <laughs> never happened either. I don't know why it's copying. Oh, am I in the wrong? No, it's not. I'm doing it right. So Jamie, this is third time's a charm. I don't know why this isn't working. Let me refresh okay. this. Let me go here. Let me see. I've never had that happen either. Uh, this is your tweet, right? This is it. Copy. All's checking out. Um, I feel I don't even want to ask you again because I don't think it just doesn't seem like it's maybe, gonna work. So maybe you should just do it. Maybe my thing goes screwing right. everything up. Let's see. <laughs> it worked. So but, <laughs> it, it worked. This guy Spud NZ does get the ticket. So that is a fifty-five dollar ticket, courtesy of Party Poker and Jamie Kerstetter. Um, that is. That is that. I think we we nailed it. Anything else? Any closing words? Any you know, Vegas crazy times? The mayor's saying, "Let's use this guinea pigs experiment." Well, what, what else is happening? Give me give me a closing thing. A closing statement. I would just say, uh, think for yourself. Don't listen to all these like politicians who are telling you to either go back to work or go out drinking or doing whatever. I would just say, make your own decisions because I I think that's one of the scarier things is that these people who don't know any more than anyone else are like guiding people. I'm like, I think, look at the CDC, make your own decisions. You know, if you're a healthy person and you're willing to accept the risk, do that. But if you're, if you're not, if you're living with someone who's like compromised or something, then don't even when your stupid mayor says, go be the control group and go get sick. Don't just be like, nah, I'll still have my Amazon fresh deliveries and I'll study poker in my little cave. Right. Yeah, for sure. I hope, I mean, those, that it sounds so crazy that that's like, even just maybe out of context, I'm sure you're aware of it and it's not, but like, that's just one of those statements where you know you hear like, there's so many things Trump says that are crazy, right. That are just like, and you just get numb to it. You're just kind of like, all right, like, yeah, he's a wild guy. But like this, this seems like so ridiculous of a statement that maybe it got like, it's but, probably the worst that that's what sucks. It's probably the worst thing she's ever said. And it's the, but she repeated it on so many different news channels. Like she's like firm on this. This is what we have to do. Right. We're like, well, this one viewpoint is terrible enough for me to pass judgment on her whole self. <laughs> right. That's uh, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty nuts, but yeah, be safe, be smart. And hopefully this stuff does uh, cool off and, and things get back to relatively normal. But uh, again, it's a unknown time. So yeah, be safe, practice oh. social distancing and, and get a pit bull and, and if the, if you have the ability and the time and any, dog, any, any rescue dog will be, would be great. Well, it we'll be so much better. That'd be awesome. Well, we know that if you, uh, you get your ranch in Vegas, things are going extremely well and you've either had a big score, or a big, big something <laughs> going on there. So that's, uh, we'll, we'll look for that. And yep. uh, thanks again, guys, and follow her on Twitch. Uh, she's got a channel. She's streaming. Friday at what three East four three o'clock uh, p.m. Pacific next Friday and it, and you can still donate it's for Poker Media for those guys that are having a rough time right now um, if you feel so inclined if not even just hanging out on Twitch like I'll try to make it entertaining yeah beautiful all right well that is a, another podcast in the books we appreciate it, Jamie thanks for the time let's uh, hope we can get back in the World Cup at some point here for for USA and win another win another event for for the yeah. team and and again always a pleasure so best yeah, of luck you. and we'll see you soon thanks for having me bye that's Jamie Kerstetter guys give her a follow and we'll be back for another podcast or two next week so stay tuned and thanks again to Jamie thanks for listening to this episode it was brought to you in partnership with Party Poker go to partypoker.com to play tournaments cash games and improve your poker game make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear all of my future episodes